1989's the number. Another, Another summer. summer. Sounds of the funky drummer. We are here doing a podcast. And I'm not a lyricist, so let's start that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go. I was like, okay, yep, yep, we are a podcast. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. We did a little... Uh, feng shui thing we changed it up we got our boom box in the background for this very special podcast and and so you want to see how fabulous we look go check us out on youtube hell yeah we're set in the streets of new york i got my new york shirt because that's really all i have that goes with this movie i wore a little white little crop top in honor of rosie perez is tina there you go some dark lipstick curly fiery hair you know i'm ready I'm not going to say she's showing off the girls. I'm showing off the girls. She might be showing off the girls, fellas. (laughs) Tune into YouTube. Tune into YouTube. Like and subscribe. Uh Do it for the girls. I'm doing it for you. So, we're doing our last Black History Month movie. Absolutely. And we couldn't do this month without doing... We're uh, going to do the right thing. Yeah, do the right thing. And do the right thing. Yeah. We going to do this Spike Lee joint. <laughs> do the right thing. <laughs> I'm digging your book over here. This is actually really gorgeous. I'm nervous because the drinks are on the table. I am too because I got this for Christmas. So it's it's quite new. This past Christmas? This past Christmas. My friend Taylor. Hey, girl. Uh, Taylor, thank you much. Yeah, I'm digging the book. He definitely gave me this book for uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... When we did when we picked this movie, I was like, I better bring my show and tell book. You know, I like to bring my show and tales. Absolutely. <laughs> and and it's a photo book of all of his movies from beginning to I think it's Klansmen. Black Klansmen. Black Klansmen? Yeah. Okay. And so I fucking love it. And it's beautiful photos. You will got you guys should definitely check out this book. It's called Spike. I didn't see that one in his background. Like I, I took his master class, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite ones, by the way. Oh, I bet. I probably learned more from that master class than almost any of the other ones. Yeah. You know, there's a few of them that were like, oh, shit. Like, Wise man. Shit. Like, Ron Howard was up there. Scorsese was in there. They got a bunch yes. of them in there. I love it. Like, you... You learn so much from these mm-hmm. like living in it legends. Like, yeah, and he yeah. keeps a book for each uh, movie that he does, so he like bounds it. Oh, and I did know that, like his scripts, right? Mm-hmm. Or just is it pictures too, or just a script? I don't know what's in them, but I do know that he has like a little, and by little I mean thick ass Bible size. I do thing. know in the do the right thing section of this book, there is a shot of like his actual like some of the script. Nice. So, all right. So let's do the right thing. Let's do this because I'm drinking water trying to avoid this drink. Well, I'm ready to drink. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So today for Do the Right Thing, we are doing Do the Rye Thing. (laughs) Okay. Clever wordplay. I like it very much. Well, I got that from this wonderful book that I got for birthday last year Mm -hmm. from my friends Matthew and Saul. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's called Gone with the Gin, and it's a, co- a cocktails with a Hollywood. Is the mustache too big? A little bit. <laughs> a Hollywood twist. It's a great book, and it has a great puns for cocktails. So Hell we will yeah. definitely be drinking some of these from here. But today we're drinking Do the Right Thing. You so, were reading those off to me earlier, and I was like, 
you were asking me like which ones do I want to drink? Yes. Oh, all of them. Yeah, I was like which Thank movie you do you want to drink to? Like giving us ideas. <laughs> Please. Okay. So, what you going to need? Mason jar. Everybody got a mason jar. You going to grab it? Mhm. I chilled them because you don't it's use It's cool. Yeah. It's nice. It's cold and nice and you don't really use ice in this drink. So, I tried to chill everything, all of our ingredients so it stay cold. So, what you're going to need is one and a half ounces of rye whiskey, which I made a heavy one and a half, a half ounce. Oh, you it. did so a healthy be, one? Yeah, oh, a nice healthy one. And then you're going to do three ounces of Arizona tea. Uh, honor, honor. Arnold Palmer. He's the man. He's the man. He's the golfing <laughs> ass man who drinking tea and lemonade. Or else you could just mix your own. That's what I did. I could not find the Arizona one. I searched... And I know what's just going to happen is like tomorrow I'm going to go to the gas station. And I'm going to just. Arizona five hours away. What the. <laughs> Where their iced tea is everywhere, so bitch. Lazy. So lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. And so you're going to like top it with some bubbly Perrier water. Some Perrier. Get it. Mm-hmm. And I got like the, the lime one. That so good water. Mm-hmm. We fancy. We a little fancy Shit. snobby. Okay. And so then. Put tie on with this tea. Yeah. And then after that, you're going to get a lemon lime. We have just lime popsicle. Okay. And you're going to set it in here to cool off your drink. And that, my friend, is do the right thing. Do the right thing. I like it very If you much. ain't doing the right thing, I don't know what you're doing. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Shit. That's nice. Minus the popsicle stick. I had it a little bit before it started melting, and it tastes way better once it melts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very, very sweet. Now I see what the popsicles were. Mm. Mm. Shit. Check this out. I really like that. Oh, shit. And he's gone, and I'm alone. I have an idea. Oh, his ideas are usually interesting. (laughs) Dressed up for the occasion. Let's go. Shit. I like it. I am dressed as my favorite character, in this movie, and if you don't know, now you know. You are you big dick, Willie? No, <laughs> I'm the mayor. Oh, you're the mayor. That's true. Shit. Oh, that's true. You ain't dirty. I'm it's not hard. dirty. No, my my suits are clean. Should I put? But... A, should I put a paper bag over your <laughs> over your dress? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I would love that very much. But no, we we're good. I'll, I like I'll it. Just like he settled for. The what was it? Uh, Bud Light when he wanted the Miller High Light. He wanted the Miller stuff. High Light, and all they had was Miller Light. You asking a lot of me right now. But you asking a lot to make a man change his beer. You asking a lot. You asking a lot of a man to change his beer, <laughs> and that line never really rang true to me as a kid. But now as an adult, that hey. I like, I was like, you know what, bitch? Mm-hmm. As a bartender. I see when we run out of somebody's favorite beer, a regular's favorite beer, they piss. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they piss. They come in there salivating over it, sitting at work, doing what they got to do, not drinking on the job, yeah, dr- thinking <laughs> and like fantasizing about this cold, ice-chilled glass with their favorite beer as soon as they get off work and they hit that bar and they see their friends, you know, walking in where everybody knows your name. Cheers in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you come in and you ask for your favorite drink and, oh, they're out. I mean, even if you went from... You feel like you're back at work. Even if 
you come in and you like Coors Light draft, mm. and we only have Coors Light bottles. That could be a thing that could piss somebody off. Like, just give the man his cold beer the way he want it. Mm-hmm. I feel you. No, I agree. Absolutely. All right. Mm. So now that we have this tasty beverage for a hot summer day. I'm that, definitely having two of these. That is not happening today. What? No. <laughs> no. I, I can only have one. You are cut off after this. Damer. You drink too much. No, I'm just joking. I would say that. I like how Ashley just chimes <laughs> <she> in. Did, <laughs> he only gets one drink. <laughs> yeah, Smashley has one too. Smashley's over there. Over there. Cheers. Sipping. Cheers. Cheers. I was saying this is a good thing to drink on a hot summer day. Yeah, absolutely. But not today because it's not a hot summer. We're, it's February. We're in Black History Month. <laughs> We're on time, people. Are we doing it? Uh, I do have the heater on, and now I got a hat and a jacket, so it may get hot as shit in here. I, I always get hot when and I do this just like show. the mayor, I'll be all right. Shit, I didn't bring my handkerchief. That's all right. That's like, you looking for your flask? No, I'm looking for my handkerchief. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. I was responsible and didn't leave it in the jacket. <laughs> Okay, so are you ready mm-hmm. for a little bit of history on rye whiskey? Yeah, yeah, I was just pretending that I was in a hot ass New York summer and you were singing. I'm like, oh shit! Oh my lord! Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I'm, gonna, go. I'm gonna bring on the heat because just watching <laughs> this movie, even though I was like bundled up in my bed with like a hoodie and a blanket and all the, I still could feel the heat. This I movie, feel the heat. shit. We're going to have some conversations today, oh, y'all. Oh, yes, we are. Just know that me and Zenobia love each other very much. What's that mean? It means, you know, we're going to ask questions. Oh, this, yeah. This movie touches on some sensitive-ass subjects. I, it do. Oh, yes, it do. Okay. Rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. This is what we are drinking. We are drinking bullet rye whiskey. I don't know. What is the difference? Because, like, you asked me, do we have any rye whiskey? You in definitely the did. Bar? I, we, wait, we did? No, you. I, I asked you that. I okay, because I looked thoroughly, but I don't know what I'm looking for. I looked on all of them, and I saw bourbon. I saw Tennessee whiskey. I saw Irish whiskey. I didn't see any rye whiskey. When I was asking, I kind of had a figure that we didn't have. You it. figured I didn't know shit. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> once, once you're like, I don't I don't even know what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. I had to send you some shots of like maybe what you would have in the bar, but I don't think we even have bullet I, on here anyway. No, but there's I, definitely no bullet. I thought that maybe the... The closest thing was uh, a uh, bullet old-fashioned, but it was like already like oh, yeah. pre-mixed. It's nah, 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 nah. So... What? That's not the same, man. It's not. Rye whiskey... It's just whiskey made out of rye grain. And for it to be called rye whiskey, at least here in America, it has to be at least 51% made out of this. Okay. So this one, Bullet, is 95%. Can I see? So That Frontier whiskey, straight mm -hmm. American rye whiskey. Yep. Get it. And I'm going to tell you why. So... Today we're going to talk about that. So, tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> so, more or less, the more rye you have in your whiskey, the better it's going to taste. Okay. Now, some places like Canada have rye whiskey as well, but their whiskey could be called rye whiskey and have not that much rye or any in it really to be called that. But in America, 
don't get that shit twisted. And this is why here's the history. So we don't skimp on the ingredients, we don't basically. Skimp, uh, yeah, at least when it comes to our our whiskey. Not with our whiskey. <laughs> so a lot Imagine of Imagine what's going to happen when you try to tax our whiskey. <laughs> so a lot of people uh, like compare it to a bourbon type of whiskey. It does have like a... It does have like a spicy taste to it. Ooh, we're taking shots. We're just taking a little bit. Okay, okay, we're taking sips. And we're taking sips. Okay. I do like these glasses. Yeah, we're gonna get fancy with our All little right. snifters. We're gonna okay. Getting serious here. Yeah, right. so while we talk about Down it, you can taste hole. it. You ready? <laughs> like you taste the spice? Do you do you taste what I'm talking about? Claude! <laughs> My name's Claude! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, but you do taste like the little bit of spicy mm-hmm. bite that it has on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. That's that rye. Now my voice feels clear. Why do you feel like, mm, like I mean, this is all sugary, so it gums up the. I definitely feel like this is a good thing to put in a hot toddy, baby. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Absolutely. Little, got a little burn. fever, got a little headache. Mm-hmm. Hook some of that up. Okay, so let's go back. Way How back. far are we going back? We're going back to the 1600s. Ooh, yeah. Okay. We're going back to the 1600s in Pennsylvania and Maryland. Okay. Okay. So a weird kind of thing happened to make rye whiskey, American rye whiskey, happen. So the Irish and the Scottish immigrants moved uh, here with great whiskey skills. We wasn't even a country yet. <laughs> they didn't have... They had good whiskey skills. Sure. And so yeah. they settled there, and, you know, of course, they're going to try to start making some whiskey. Absolutely. And the Dutch and the Germans, they were really good at making rye. And they were close together over there in the nor- northeast. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they started kind of tink- tinkering and making, perfecting their rye whiskey, right? Nice little melting pot of ideas. Uh-huh. Okay. And so what, that's America for you right there. So like anything with alcohol, history had a big factor in why we do what we do. Right. So when we do what we do, we hanging do out late with do. no curfew. <laughs> so when the Americans were like, you know what? Uh, England, fuck you. We don't want to have nothing to do with your shit. Fuck your tea. Yeah. Fuck your tea. We, we going <laughs> to throw it all up in, in the water. Trust as idiots. I shit. mean, it's 1600. We didn't do that yet. They were still taxation without representation. Well, they, they didn't fucked with with England, and they were like, you know what, fuck y'all. And mm-hmm. so England was like, fuck us, fuck you. We cutting off everything because we have the biggest naval ships in the land, bitch. So you ain't getting nothing. And so, little did they know they couldn't. Well, I mean, it sucked because their favorite drink was rum, and so that means they couldn't get any molasses and no rum because England owns those fucking territories. Molasses. They were kind of going. <laughs> you and your quotes, you always give me. You say them. you say the wrong thing, and I'm gonna think of a movie or a song. And I do love Benjamin Button because he gets up there and he gets we, it all Shakespearean real quick. Can we please yes, do that? Please. Okay, I love that movie. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like, can you fin- can I finish my story? Yes, yes finish both. the story. Can I finish my story? And can we do that movie? Can I tell my side of the story? Can I tell my side of the story? <laughs> no, I didn't do shit, but Craig could have did something. <laughs> But she could have said something about the rye. Uh huh. Could have. 
So when they couldn't get their rum and fucking molasses and shit, you know, they were like, damn, what the fuck we gonna drink over here now? But the Northeast, they're like, hold my purse. Let me show you this rye whiskey we got. Ooh. And it fucking blew up. Everybody loved it. It became a hit. And, okay. then, you know, they eventually realized, like, if you age it, because sometimes, you know, it took forever for you to get alcohol from one end of America to the other end back then. So. I mean, back then, one end to the other was, like, a couple states nowadays. Like, I don't even know if they went... The Louisiana purchase hadn't even happened yet, I don't think. That's true. But just like, but no, it was okay. horses okay, versus I don't know Teslas. Where, I don't know where we are in time periods when this is happening. It's definitely horses. Horses and boats. Yeah. That's that's what, that's the only transportation. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, storing it, you know, they realize, oh, shit, I forgot about this barrel back here. It's been back here for, like, 12 years or some Ooh, bullshit. Oh, shit. And then they pull that shit out, and they're like, mm, okay, what? Hello? And shit started popping off, you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody started loving the whiskey. But. That is nice. Oof. <laughs> right? Okay. So here we are, 1810. 1810. Okay. We're, okay, a, we're, we're a country. Yep. We around 1810. And Rye was killing it. Okay. It was killing it so much that George Washington had his own distillery after he after he was done with his presidency. One last time. <laughs> He's like, ooh. Come sit, have a drink with me one last time. I would. With, with George Washington, like, let me have some of your rye whiskey, bitch. Let me That's that Hamilton. Me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, shit. Delish. Okay, Absolutely. so he even had his distillery, and it just was popping off. It just showed, like, how far it has come. It became... That's why he didn't want to be president no more. He's like, the money's in the whiskey. Let's the money's go. in the whiskey. <laughs> Stepping down. It's a no, lot I'm less make some stress. Money now. Yeah, I get to make money. I get to drink. And I don't have to, like, you yeah, know, run y'all shit. Y'all got to learn how to do this shit without me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's exactly what he did. <laughs> okay, so... It started getting better and better the way the taste and everything. Mm-hmm. In the mid 1800s, Hunnets. they started getting fancy with their cocktails, you know, making things like old fashions and Manhattans. So, which you, you told me about recently about the old fashions. We did have the old fashioned. What for was in them? There wasn't no ice, people. No ice. I don't know how they. Warm old fashions. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but yes, that's exactly. So around that time, that's when those things started to kept popping up and all those things like that, right? So it starts to die out in the 20th century. So a couple things happened in the 20th century. Prohibition. Yep. <laughs> and two world wars. Two of them. So, you know, shit, shit kind of hit the fan. So prohibition happened and it's kind of expensive to grow and make rye whiskey more than when you half your family's either gone or making bullets yeah well that and just when like in general as in other whiskeys or other spirits Mm -hmm. it's kind of on the expensive side to make so they were the first distilleries to close down during prohibition that's fucked up they're like fuck we can't we can't make shit they're gonna go after the big ones first, obviously. Yeah. You know? And so what people ended up getting was some Canadian rye whiskey 
And American had been drinking that good shit for too long that they were like, fuck this shit, man. Dude, people probably start getting sick off of that shit. Well, no, it wasn't like distilled wrong. It just wasn't made the way we make our rum. Okay, whiskey. so it's still still alcohol. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, and it's coming from Canada who wasn't having prohibition. They just making their shit no. and smuggling it down to us. Yeah. So Buy a case of rye and get a sack of donuts. Let's go. <laughs> I, so... <laughs> I love whiskey and donuts. Maple donuts? I want some maple donuts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. From Horton's? (laughs) I swear to God, if that was a Horton's way back when. I mean, I've been to a Horton's. Last year I went, and it it is good. Is it? But I was really high and tired, but it was delicious. And before we left, I was like, we got to stop. Me and Lenny, it was great. Absolutely. Oh, Lenny, come visit us. Come visit I know us. you're doing your thing out in Florida, but come visit us. Oh, yes, you should. It's sunny over here. She's coming this summer. She's coming. Okay, so when the Canadians started smuggling theirs down to us, and we were like, mm, this is not really our brand, it, rye whiskey became bottom shelf whiskey. I see. And so after the war, and you know, people can't really spend money like they used to. So, you know, the really poor people, the bums, the drunk on the street, they're the ones who would buy the rye. That bullet. Mm-hmm. No, not bullet, not bullet. Bullet's good. Mm. <laughs> it, but after Prohibition, the numbers still didn't go up because, well, in the 40s, Hollywood had a big part to play in it. And yeah. so when they would portray the drunk in the street, He's drinking rye whiskey. That's fucked up. And when they portray, so they demonize yeah. them. And when they p- would portray like the cool guy, he's drinking bourbon. Yeah. And now you see all the bourbon that we got in the bar. We do have a lot of And bourbon. we didn't have no rye. We didn't. But I mean, I, I didn't know any of this history. I knew that rye whiskey is made out of rye. And it had I like to be 51%. That. I knew that part. But I didn't know all of this history about it. I do like the way it tastes. It is a good taste in a old fashioned but mm-hmm. i like to muddle my cherries when i use the rye just because to bite that like a little bit of spiciness but sure. that's just me that's just me but i like rye if you haven't tried it please try it it's strong i like that they call it frontier whiskey oh yeah makes me feel like i gotta go see a man look at the a horse well look at the bottle it's like an old yeah like a frontier a, like medicine bottle absolutely. I love it. they're like here this is your you, that thing falls off your horse and lands in the dirt or on a rock it's 50 50 is gonna break during prohibition when you would get your medicinal liquor for your ailments it would come in like a big bottle like this like you drop a john jameson <laughs> oh shit you got the big ass big i ass mean bottle. but i'm looking at like the glass that's a thick ass glass it is, this jameson this, is a thinner glass this i drop this off my horse it's gonna break it's gonna break that's what i'm saying this is they make i bang the it against my pots and pans it's gonna break it's gonna break that frontier whiskey is durable it is like i like the bottles i don't know what i would keep it for but you're right it's door cracking skulls <laughs> let the zombie apocalypse happen i'm gonna be <laughs> fistfuls of bullet bottles <laughs> okay so after hollywood slandered rye whiskey mm-hmm. it kind of like fizzled out and it died it, it tried but it, it died staying strong it's here now well like i was gonna say is that it became huge. And after... Fucking huge. In the 2000s, it came back. And... What it, did it? 
<laughs> Don Draper, bitch. Get yeah, it. you know it. Yeah. Don Draper in Mad Men. Don Draper's drink is an old fashioned, but he likes a rye whiskey old fashioned. Hell yeah. So that brought it back. And since 2009, its numbers are up 500%. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's growing. Don Draper saves the day again. Thank you for introducing us to us young people to some old ass shit we had no clue about. Some good ass rye frontier whiskey. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the history on rye whiskey. I like it very much. And now you know. So next time I ask you if it's on the bar, say yeah, unless we finish that that bottle. Tomorrow. I mean, I'll see if we can't keep it on the bar now. <laughs> I know. And I was, I didn't really know, like, who makes rye whiskey. So I did Google, like, Jameson rye, and there is no Jameson rye. They're no, Irish. because it's all Irish. Yeah, it's Irish. But there's Canadians. Eh. Eh. I like this bullet. I like I always like bullet, mm-hmm. so I'm always down, and that's the story. I shouldn't known a little bit more about that because I did a play where I played a character that was drinking bullet whiskey, mm-hmm. but I just did the play. I didn't research what we were drinking. That's my job. Little did I know, but it was set in like frontier time, Alabama. Oh, know? okay. You know, okay. Back, wait, backwoods type of uh, environment. But right. it was also like these like young boys, like 17, 18 years old, you know, so they drank what they can get their hands on, which <laughs> explains why you say that it's bottom shelf. In this play, they were drinking Bullet, which was the cheaper. Okay. And that, you know, uh, you know, I swiped this from the old man's liquor cabinet. He won't notice. He always drinks the. That's the good shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I spent $29 on this bottle. I guess that's bottom shelf now. It's not, it's not bottom shelf. It's it's uh, at least a mid shelf. Oh yeah, I mean whiskey. that's a that's a good ass whiskey. It's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. But I think I've told you this before. I am a cheaper whiskey drinker. Like me and Wes and Martin had like whiskey taste tests where we tasted five different whiskeys blindfolded. Mm-hmm. I went with the cheaper whiskeys. Those were my favorite ones. Okay, so do the right thing. Oh Are you God. ready? I'm ready. For the completely made up drinking, drinking game. game. Yes, sir. All right. Completely made up drinking game. I'm buzzed. Let's go. I, <laughs> I, Come I feel, on! I feel like it took us a minute to get here, and I kind of had some drinks in me. It didn't take us that long. It took us 33 minutes to get here. Yeah, to this point. But That's to quicker eat, than a trip to Orange County. To eat, <laughs> true. Well, I don't know. Right now, it should be too much traffic. Anyway, but like, anyway. I could have visited my mom by now. Your mom's listening. Hey, mama. Hi, mama. Let's. I'm drinking. Don't be mad. She ain't mad. She She's gonna, never mad. She's going to tell me to make this for a while. I know, right? <laughs> so. My mom, I, no offense to everybody, but my mom is the coolest mom in the world. Cool. I don't know if y'all know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Drink again. Let's go. So you grab your mason jar. Your mason jar, because we about to do the right thing right now. <laughs> you gonna take one sip. One sip. When someone drinks. So this would be. And this okay. Would, this is them drinking anything. This would be the mayor getting his beer. Okay. Not the right beer. No. 
But his beer. His beer, whatever, you know. Okay, this is like... Joy, drinking her uh, not root beer. Not root beer. She wanted the... the um... Okay, what do you want to drink? Cream soda. Change. It used to be root beer. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I know. I want to change your pace, you know. She wanted a cream soda, if she I'm not mistaken. She did want a cream soda. Yep. Yeah, just a nice little change of pace. Mm-hmm. The old man on the side of the, on the, Does on the corner. Does it count... When Rosie's got the ice cubes around her lips. It's a liquid. It, it's, it's a liquid. You know she's taking a little a little sip of that melted ice. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay. You convinced me. I wasn't thinking that Not at joy. all. Not Joy. Jade. Jade. Jade's drinking the cream soda. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wasn't thinking that was a drink, but you know what? I'll, I will take it. <laughs> Starts as a gas, changes to a solid, converts back to a liquid. Mm. Simp it. Simp it. (laughs) Yes. So you're going to take a simp. Okay. When you see or someone says a famous person. So so someone famous, like where. Smiley. What you got there? Yep. You know. Mm -hmm. And when you get the scan of the wall of fame. Okay. With Frank Sinatra and his crew all up on there. With Al Pacino. Now just just drink because it's somebody on the wall and you know they're famous. You got to know who it is. Yeah, know know who they are. You know what I mean? Know when it is Rocky Marciano or Frank Sinatra. You know, whoever else. Sophia Loren. She's on there. And eventually... Malcolm. Malcolm and Dr. And Dr. King. King. Uh-huh. I mean, it barely, but, you know, it was it counts. But they made it on the wall. They did. This is also when Samuel Jackson does the list of artists. Okay. Take Daddy King, Salt and Pepper, Luther Vandross, McCoy Tyner, Biz Marquis, New Edition, Otis Redding, Anita Baker, Thelonious Monk, Marcus Miller, Branford Marcellus, It's like James 14, Brown. 15 on there. Yeah. He names them all. So get when that comes in, just get ready, just, just get it, get it in. Who's a better DJ, Samuel L. or uh, the DJ from Warriors? Warriors. Nice. Sorry, Samuel <laughs> L. I didn't even have to think Shit. about it. It was quick. Samuel, you're cool. I like it because. Good you, evening, Bappas. <laughs> but she is like, I want to have sex. It's with her just voice. her lips. Her okay. lips. I mean, he he gets the whole front seat to. The world, you know, they mm-hmm. all walk past him and he's just DJing around. Mm-hmm. I love that. But that bitch was giving her warnings to people. Mm-hmm. She does not issue idle threats. No. <laughs> she did apologize yeah. too. That's like my favorite. She's like, sorry guys. So yeah. Okay. Any famous person takes simp. You gonna take a simp. Take that simp. When someone talks about how hot it is, like, ooh. Gonna be a hot one today. I'm gonna be wet. Of course, I'm you. sweating. It's hot out here. It's 100 degrees in here, Mookie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where she's like, I'm watching Taking the her Mookie. Panties off. It's hot out here. You know, it's gonna be hot today. Even at the end, Sal says it to him like, so it's gonna be even hotter today than it mm-hmm. was yesterday. Yes, he did. Everybody. Samuel Jackson. Also, today's temperature's gonna rise up over 100 degrees, so that's a Jerry Curl alert. That's right, Jerry Curl alert. If you have a Jerry Curl, stay in the house, or you'll end up with a permanent plastic helmet on your head forever. Senor Love. Oh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Senor Love Daddy. Mr. Senor Love Daddy. (laughs) Even he said that, you know, it's hot, so you don't take your sips because it's hot. Absolutely. 
That's why we got. I mean, popsicles. he sets the mood for the neighborhood. He does. You know what I mean? So yeah. if he's hot, everybody else is thinking it's hot. Also, it opens with, you know, Ozzy Davis. You think he's dead for a minute there, <laughs> sweating his ass off, just laying there shirtless next to the window. And they're slowly moving in. And I was like, shit, is he dead? It's hot. And then all of a sudden he moves. No, no, he's not dead. No, no. He's it's just hot. He's sweating. He's so loud. You take a drink when it's hot, when they talk about the weather. Okay. You're going to take a simp. Take that simp. When sweet Dick Willie is said. <laughs> I just wanted to know who named you sweet Dick Willie. And it's just a name. God damn. Shit. I just, I just want to know. Who named you Sweet Dick Willie? No, nah, you didn't say it like that. You said it like <laughs> <laughs> Nobody named you, know. It's just a name, it's just man. It's a name, Shit. man. Everybody knows why they call me Sweet Dick Willie. Sweet Shit. Sweet Dick Willie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ain't never too hot. Ain't never too hot. I'm never too cold. For fucking. Hear me? So I had my best piece of woman on a humid day. <laughs> never too cold neither. I had my best piece of woman on a hot day like this. You know? Over there by 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 your lady's house. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree with that? Is it ever too cold? It's never or too, too hot? hot. It's never too cold. I agree. And I learned that lesson from watching this movie. Crazy enough, mm-hmm. as a young adolescent, I watched that scene with those ice cubes. Like, I was creative like, creative with it, bitch. I'm gonna do that one day. Yeah. If it's too damn hot. I'm just going to get some ice cubes. It's too damn hot in the hot tub. <laughs> I'm going to get in the hot tub. Never too hot, never too cold. Never too I agree because you just Best get way to warm up, you know. Best way to cool down. Mm-hmm. That's not true. But the cool down comes after you just laying there like, okay, don't touch Absolutely. Me. It's hot. You sweat, you sweat it in my eye. Sweat it out. <laughs> And then afterwards, you're going to be hot and sweaty. You're just laying there. And even if it's a hot breeze blowing off through the window, it's still going to cool you off because you got sweat on you. Yep. So that bead of sweat is going to cool you off. All over. Even in between the bunches. You work hard for those 90 seconds of cool, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> it's not the destiny. It's the journey. Mom, stop listening. Yeah. Shit. Continue with the drinking I'm game. I'm sorry. Getting me in trouble. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, big sweet dick Willie. You heard it? You heard that? You heard that, that didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm a bad man. <laughs> That's all I think about. Okay. <laughs> you go take a sip. I just did. When the neighborhood kids yell at somebody. Oh, shit. So this is them yelling. Right. This is them yelling at. The mayor. Okay. He really mean to him. Oh, those. Okay. Uh-huh, Got you. Them. This is them yelling, yelling at, at the white uh, dude. Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird with the bike. Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. Ah! Yeah. Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? Who said that you could buy a brownstone, a brownstone on, on my, my block, block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I said, whoop your ass two times. He's like, yeah, get him. <laughs> yeah, so fast. That's them doing that. Okay. That's also I will also take them. Hell no! I was raised on South Face. Exactly. Pizza. I was like them yelling out, bugging out mm-hmm. when they were like, "We we broke it." Hell no! Shit! I'm about to give me a slice, slice right now. <laughs> it did make me want some fucking. I was hoping we were gonna have pizza today. Oh, <laughs> that would have been smart. It's okay. 
It's, it's not it's too all late. good. You are good on the on the late night pizza. I love <laughs> you on that. Okay, so yeah, when the kids be yelling, we're gonna out, wrap this up real quick. We got some famous pizza on the way. Lights, camera, cocktails. Bye. Okay, so <laughs> you gonna take a simp? Take that simp. Anytime you hear, fight the power. Fight the power. Oh yeah. Fight the power. You know he's we got uh, heading to fight down the, the street. Power. That be. Challenge man. Ass. Man, why you always got the same song? Yo, that's the only tape you got. You don't like Public Enemy, man? This shit's dope. I'm down, but you don't be playing nothing else. I don't like nothing else. I don't like nothing else. I like, I like nothing. I would ask the same thing too because I do love this song. Mm-hmm. But I am definitely tired of the song by the time I get Dude. to the end. And he's down every street. Loud as Every fuck, block. just walking back and forth. That's his point of pride right there. Mm-hmm. He's got the best, loudest ghetto blaster in the neighborhood. He has not met a radio that is better than his. That's but, the thing about it. But he met a bat that was better than God damn. God damn. That's for sure. Takes 20 D batteries. I mean, I lifted C yours. C battery? D, motherfucker, D. D. I lifted up your fucking boo box, which has no batteries in it, and it was fucking heavy. Well, that's because we got a power plug, but... No, know. I get I get that. Not that it doesn't work. It's okay. just doesn't... There is a spot for batteries. The spot for batteries, yeah. But I can't imagine if we put the batteries in there. I wouldn't want to fucking carry it nowhere. Dude, <laughs> this shit is heavy. Yeah, I don't want to carry not, it. I'm no. not going to lift it up right now, but... But it, trust us. Dude. Right, heavy. I love, I love that boombox. I, I love it too. Dude. I know. It, it's right on theme. So yeah, fight the power, you're going to take a sip. So get ready for that, because that's like every like five minutes we're simping. All right, so you going to take a sip. I've been. Keep on simping. Shit. You're going to get me fucked. When Mr. Senior Love Daddy mm-hmm. is on the radio. This is Mr. Senior Love Daddy, your voice of choice. The world's only 12-hour strong man on the air. Here on We Love Radio, 108 FM. The last on your dial, but first in your hearts. And that's the truth. This is Senor Love Daddy. And we're going to slow it down for you right quick. I got, who do I got in here? Mookie from up the block. He's literally traveling three houses down to deliver his pizza. I mean, <laughs> he ha- it's not like he can go get it. True. I mean, maybe you could. You just put a long song on. Nah, because... Like, you can't have that dead airspace. Like, let's say, God forbid, his order is late and he's still waiting for it. Is he going to go back and change the track? Or is he going to wait there until it's gone and then come back? And then all of a sudden, shit, everybody's waiting. I got radio silence. I got no listeners. No, no. You put on... Bohemian Rhapsody. Nah, you put on Rapper's Delight. That there thing's about go. 15 minutes. Solid 14 minutes. Yeah, so you get a good, good, you like, we play the long version. Now, you what put you that, hear is not a You can get there and the back and eat half and of this fucking sandwich before the song's over. Gonna try to, to move, move your feet. feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello. hello. To the black, to the white, the, the red, and, and the brown. The purple and yellow. But first, we got a bang, podcast. Bang. We're going to finish this <laughs> drinking game, so go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, anytime Senor Love Daddy is in the mix, you're going to take a sip. Okay. You're going to finish your drink when Mookie makes it to work. Which time? The first time. Okay. <laughs> You're still late. Why don't you relax, Pino? Take it easy. You live long. Yeah, take the broom. The front needs sweep. Wait a minute. I just got here. You sweep. I bet you saw I asked you first anyway. That's right. 
the first time. Like when he's he gets there. He's always late. I mean, and he does live down the street, okay. so that. What's going on? You got a guilty conscience or what? I didn't even say nothing this time. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Sal, you want me to get here on time? You're going to have to get me a rocket or something, man. <laughs> I didn't say nothing, Mookie. What's going on? All you have to do is leave three minutes earlier. Okay, so you going to finish your drink. Finish that drink. When they pop the fire hydrant. Ooh. Because it wouldn't be a new Don't you get this car wet. Yo. It's the classic right here. Go on by. No one's Don't fuck around. Don't fuck around. You better not get this car wet. Oh shit! I got water all over myself. Like if he didn't, (laughs) if he didn't say anything, they probably would have just like let him go by. Him stop it. He had to. They he made himself a target. Nah, that car with that convertible rooftop. He was a target when he rolled up. Should have backed up. Yeah. Go the other way. <laughs> Go the other way. Play it safe. Get out and put your, put your top up then. Yeah. It's a point of pride more than anything. Like, you're not going to make me go around the block just because you got the water running. He's like, you're not going to do anything. You knew the circumstances and you drove through anyway, knowing full well these dudes are going to get away with it. Come on. <laughs> Think you're going to find them? Shit. What's their name? You happen to catch the name of the suspect. Fuck you, their name. Mo and Joe. What do I know their names? Mo and Joe what, sir? Oh, Joe what? Mo and Joe what? Mo and Joe Black, how's that? What's their name? Mo and Joe, that's their name. Does Mo and Joe have a last name? Black. Black. Mo and Joe Black. So they're brothers. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're the brothers. brothers. Come on, arrest somebody. I want them <laughs> under the fucking jail. Yeah, no, they don't deserve any of that shit. I like that part, though. <laughs> the mayor comes up. Did you see something, sir? Those that'll tell don't know. And those that know Anybody who does don't know would tell, and the people who know won't, won't tell. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Shit. It means I see nothing. Like that's. I'm gonna <laughs> say something about that later when we talk about him and okay. why it's so poetic. I love it. I, tell you. I love it. All right, you gonna finish your drink? Almost. When Mookie throws the trash can. Ooh. My one question is, Mm. do you think he did the right thing? Let's finish the drinking game because that's a long conversation. Well, I feel like that's a that's a conversation to be had. And I do have that same question for you. Okay, but we got to get through this drinking game. All right. Well. Uh, you got anything to add to the completely made up drinking game? Uh, mm. waiting for it. Nah, because like everything is like character specific, and therefore, like you could do anything. You can say like you know, anytime you see Smiley that flashing a, them that pictures, or anytime Tina is yelling, or anytime. <laughs> 
Filipino is being racist. Like I know. I so didn't want. I I'm, didn't want to leave it as is. I didn't want to draw attention to blatant racism okay. to drink, not in a black icon movie like this. Yeah, absolutely. So even no, though I'm I mean good. that is the point of this movie, but yeah. not the point of my drinking game. No. So that's the completely perfect drinking. drinking. Game. Yes, I drink to that. Okay, so mm. before I get to the stats, I just want to do one thing. Okay. My thing is, I would like to give you a black history fact before we get into this. Lay it on me. <clears throat> do you know our black queen, Josephine Baker? Do you know who she is? Mm, I want to say yes, but not in my inebriated state. <laughs> Josephine Baker was a fantastic singer, dancer, actor, icon. And here in America, she wasn't treated like it, but she ended up being like some cool ass, badass bitch. So she is one of show business icons, icon performance of all time. But she left the United States due to racism. Of course. And so... She announced her U.S. citizenship and moved out in 1937. She renounced her throne? Yep. After she married a Frenchman. And yeah, they moved to Paris. And she was like, uh, U.S., I don't need you. And I don't want want to be a citizen of y'all because y'all suck. There you go. So in 1940, when the Nazis began occupying Paris, Miss Baker Girl, she just showed her deep loyalty for her new homeland. And she ended up becoming a national spy. Yeah, oh, queen. Oh, shit. So she became a spy for the Allies during this time because she was traveling all around Europe performing. And she was very loved in France. Like, mm. she spoke French, and she would do these shows, and they loved her beautiful body. And she did a lot of, like, some of her, a lot of her things was, like, sexual or, mm-hmm. like, very risque clothing and things like that. So France was like, yes, queen, we love nudity over here. So as she was uh, be traveling around Europe, she was also concealing messages mm. in her costumes and sheet music. Ooh, Nobody's shit. looking at this black goddess. They like, move along, move along. She ain't doing nothing but just spreading her joy. Okay. So that's how she would get her, her stuff out there. She ended up, like helping a lot she never got caught uh she adopted a bunch of children she did like most successful black people back in the day lose all their stuff there's a movie there's a movie about josephine baker that is super awesome we should definitely look into it but then here's some pictures of her shit yeah sexy ass sexy ass Mm -hmm. and i'm not even looking at her ass you, you could see it. I showed her a good ass shot. It was. She had a nice tuck in her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> so that is uh, some black history facts for us. I like that very much. Okay. So let's go to the stats. Let's get it. All right. This movie dropped July 21st, 1989. <laughs> like the song says. Police ain't getting no dumber. Uh-huh. It dropped in the summer of 1989. Okay. So, the budget for this movie uh, 6.5, something like that. 6.5 million. So today that's 16. Million. You know, Spike Lee likes stats. Yeah, basketball man. Oh, oh yes, yes. And it made 37 million. Damn. 
which in today's money is about 91 million. Hell yeah. So it makes made, money, it makes sense. And it made a lot of sense. Rotten Tomatoes, you ready? Mm hmm. Now, this movie. Haters. <laughs> this movie is a. It's a movie. It's a great movie. Critics. Bitches. 91%. Really? You see, you, 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 shit. You uh, had me. I did have you. You fucked with me on that it's one. It's called Action Bitch. <laughs> I'll see if I can't take some classes. <laughs> Sign up. <laughs> We're running out of spaces. Okay, so. <laughs> Fucking with me over here. Yeah, so 91%, which I was a little surprised about. Not that this movie isn't good, but. No, I think it's, uh, you know, nobody uh, is going to say that the movie. Nobody wants to be like, oh, you know what? No, I'm going to give it a 56%. Like, this movie is a hell of a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is in your face. It makes you ask a lot of questions. In my personal opinion, there are no heroes in this movie. Nobody's mm-hmm. perfect. It's laid out. Nobody does something outside of their character in this movie. True. Which is very hard to find. A lot of movies nowadays, you'd be like, why the fuck did she, she say that? Or why the fuck did he do that? You know, that's not something that he would do. They do that to move the story along. Whereas in this movie, everybody is flawed. Which, from a critic's point of view, is perfect. That's true. So I think that that's why it got the 91. is because it didn't make the mistake of pandering to a structure. It didn't pull any punches. Oh, no, it did not. I, I agree with all of that. I think that is, is, yeah, okay. So, hold on. Audience, you ready for the audience? Mm-hmm. 89%. So they, 89 is a running theme in this movie. <laughs> Shit. That's true. It is. The audience enjoyed it and got it, too. They knew what they were getting into. ZZ Fresh. Lay it on me. 100%. 100%. Casting, love it. Setting, love it. Wardrobe, love it. Quotable lines, it makes you think, it makes you laugh, it makes you cry, mm-hmm. it makes you angry. It absolutely makes you angry. It's 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 all the emotions in one. Any generation of people can see and relate to it, I would think. I think so. I think that, yeah. uh, you know... Like the scene where it just shows each different individual person hating on another race. Life ain't nothing but a dry erase board. Yeah, it's just like a circle Running of things coming back around. Everybody hating everybody. It don't matter what you are. You being hated on by somebody. and Constant buildup, constant erosion. Yep. So what is the Jason joint? <laughs> How do you feel about that one? Is that the one for this week? Well, I mean, I'm still trying. I'm filling out. I'm filling it out. You're going you're gonna to get it. But I think I'm, that's... I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> I think... I would love to do that movie. I think it's hilarious. But I think I'm getting closer. That The Jason joint is the closest so far to feeling like I was. What, what's the mm. Jason joint? Um, Damn, I don't know. I haven't even thought about what I would give this movie. Uh, I would definitely give it a high rating, six point five million dollar budget, and he got all these people to do it. Legends to newcomers who are going to be re- legends. Like. I'm gonna give it a ninety five. Okay. And you're not gonna like why I took those five points away. I'm not. Come at me, Rosie Perez. I'm not. I don't even know. I don't, I kind of don't want to hear the rest of your sentence. 
Go ahead. Her character isn't rooted in anything. She's angry and she's playing this character, but her argument isn't has no foundation. She's always talking shit to Mookie. She's always telling him you need to be a, a man, you gotta, you know, do this, do that and the other. But then he's doing this, that, the other, and she's still not happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not a fan of her character. This is how I see Tina. She's young. Mm-hmm. She, Mookie came over there talking some slick shit to her, and then she got pregnant. Sure. And now she's looking around, and she's like, this was a big-ass motherfucking mistake, because not only, I mean, yeah, he's got, like, a pizza delivery job, but he ain't ever there to take care of his kid. She hardly sees him, which also sucks. Like, Mm. she's just the angry baby mama. She absolutely is, but her argument has, it doesn't hold water. Most angry baby mamas. She plays New York very well. Well, they need a real taste of it. (laughs) No. But an angry baby mama is angry about something. She doesn't really know what that is. Well, I also She wants both sides of the fence. She wants him to work less but make more. More, yeah. You know what I mean? She has higher ambitions for him than he has for himself. But I also think that she thinks he's cheating on her because there is a scene where he's like talking to some girl at the pizza place and it kind of feels like more like he's like macking with her than like it's his homie. She's way. unpleasable. That's true. But there's She's two- cussing in front of her own kid. Mookie, I already told you it's too fucking hot to make love. It's too fucking hot. Yeah. Why, why always curse? I don't fucking curse that I don't much. I curse that much. And then immediately, like, don't fucking worry about what the fuck I'm doing with my fucking kid. It's my kid too. Get the fuck out of here. Stop fucking cussing in front of my son. I let you name him Hector, so he's right. Like, he's like, don't even sound like a black man. No. Nah. <laughs> so that's that's my five point takeaway is her character. I don't think that her character is worth five points of a takeaway. <laughs> he still got an A. But can you remember the opening dance sequence? That's gotta be mean something. I like it. I like it very much. I love it. It's a little long. My whole life I've loved it. It's a little long. My whole life I've loved it. I've loved it for the first 70% of it. Okay, well, can I give you a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. I mean, she looks, you know what it is? She looks angry when she's dancing. Because she's fighting the power. She is fighting the power. You can't but smile when during she's fucking dancing, public enemy. She's looking at the camera. She's looking at who's behind the camera. And she's mad because she's got to do another take. Okay. So, okay. You see the look on her face. And she's like, you're going to make me do this shit again. You want me to freestyle again. You want me to dance again. Okay, bitch. Look. The opening dance sequence was inspired by the opening of Bye Bye Birdie. Have you seen Bye Bye Birdie? I have not. <gasps> I'm sorry. Smashley? I was in it. You didn't show this bitch Bye Bye Birdie? I didn't know her back then. No, I'm just saying, just the movie. It's not streaming anywhere. I'm going to find it because it's good. good. Or at least I'll at least show you the opening sequence. Bye Bye. Which also (laughs) was featured in Mad Men. (laughs) what I was saying about it getting hot? Yeah. Is it getting hot here? It's getting hot in this suit. So take off all your clothes. That was last summer. 
Oh, wait, is he going to be there, there this again? year? <laughs> I swear, if I get robbed of his finale again, shit. So if y'all don't know, we're going to Lovers and Friends. We already posted that on hey. Instagram. We're going back. We had to do it again. Last it year, again. they cut Nelly off before he got to do his closing number, which obviously was going to be hot in here. And it was hot out there. It was, it was 105 so degrees in Las Vegas. No there joke. was no shade whatsoever. So true. The water was hot. Very hot. We were hot out there. It's and Nelly was getting ready to do hot in here. And I'm telling you right now, everybody was going to take off their clothes. We got about uh, 10 got seconds robbed. of the song and they cut his mic. And we booed. I was going to take off my shirt. The ladies were going to take off their shirts. It was going to be... I was already half naked. I Dude, was getting there. we were going to free everything. Somehow we're I'm going still back. Mad. We I'm still to be mad. Hot. Can you tell? I, I <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I go, fuck it. I didn't even get to hear him I'm not going to feel good until he gets back on stage and I get to see it. <laughs> I will show you the bye-bye birdie. Okay. And Margaret does the the opening. You're gonna love it. It's really cute. But it is just like the whole opening scene is her singing and dancing. So that that inspired what Rosie was doing. Sure. Now you might be right. I don't know how much of that is freestyled. She definitely probably choreographed it because she is she a is a dancer. choreographer. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. For the Fly Girls and In Living Color, she also was a soul train dancer. Ladies and gentlemen, my Fly Girl Rosie Perez. Yep. And that just that sequence alone took eight hours. So, dude, I'm sure she was pissed and exhausted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they kept making her change clothes and like do it again. Everything. So, so yeah, she could definitely. But that's and so, since but we're that on song her, doesn't like, make you feel. Being that we're on her, this was her first movie. This, you know, she had never done anything like this before. Oh no, she'd done she dancing. Did. Yeah, you know, but she'd never done a movie. Can I? Hit it. I know what you're going, so do it. If you don't know how she got this part or Shit. how we... If this moment didn't happen, Shit. we wouldn't have Rosie Perez. Absolutely. So Spike Lee was having a birthday party in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and Rosie Perez happened to be there. So they ended up having the song... The butt came on. Doing the butt. Hey. Ow, oh, sexy, sexy. sexy. <laughs> Which is from School Days, his movie that was previous to this one. Why do I always think of that episode of Martin, though? And doing when the Jesus butt. got the sculpture. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, this song gives me a lot of feels and memories. And I do want to do that movie because Gina is in it. <laughs> School Days. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know why I was thinking of Martin. Yeah, she. That's, that's the show. She also in that. She's in it. She's, she's in it. She's in a couple episodes. Yeah, you know, almost all of them. Um, <laughs> so once that came on, somehow there became a butt dance, and so she was up there on top of a speaker, you know, doing the butt. Mm-hmm. Sex that, sex out. Yeah. And Spike Lee saw her, and he's like, "What the fuck, this bitch?" So he grabs security. And he's like, uh-uh, honey, you got to come down. And she was, like, scared that she was going to get in trouble because, you know, she's at some Hollywood party mm-hmm. fucking up. And when they pulled her down, she started cussing at him, and he fell in love with her voice. He's like, oh, my God, like, where are you from? And she's like, Brooklyn. And he's like, oh, my God, like, where? And they were, like, lived very close to each other, grew up close to each other. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, look. Here's my card. Call me. I want to put you in a movie. Like, this is fate. Remember this night. This is fate. Like, and she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
And so her friend who she was with was like, do you know who that is? And she's like, no, that's fucking Spike Lee. He just did school days, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm not an actor. I'm a dancer, so it doesn't matter. So when they leave, she goes and throws the the card in the trash and misses. And her friend like dove down and picked it up like, oh, shit, bitch, you ain't throwing this shit away. It's Spike Lee. And so, like, the next day, the friend calls, and he's like, ah, nah, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the one with the voice. Like, I want to talk to her. And so he did, and she made him, he made her audition. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Absolutely. And that's how we got Miss Rosie Perrette. I fucking Shit. love it. I'm glad you told me all that, because I didn't know the full story. I didn't know about the dancing and the doing the butt or the mm-hmm. cops or anything. I heard just like he heard her yelling and talking shit. Mm-hmm. And then he like, who whose whose voice is that? Who is that? So I'm glad that I got the full story. That's the full, that's the full T. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read articles and I watched an interview with that Rosie said that so i i liked it she was just like i don't know who the fuck this person (laughs) i don't know and so because he cast her tina became puerto rican sure like he wasn't that was named hector yeah i don't think that was ever meant to be in the script sure i mean you know back then how many kids that kid is probably my age um do you have anything on rosie that's i mean that's what i wanted to talk about was you know we could talk about Rosie. I mean, we definitely have cows come home. Have we could talk, talk about all of her accolades. If y'all want to tune into that, go see White Men Can't Jump episode. That's I what love. I was going to say. We I already talked about her. So if you want to learn a little bit more about her, because she is our fly girl. Absolutely. But I do have one thing that I did read about. Mm. Rosie was a little uncomfortable doing the Ice Cube scene. Sure. It's her first movie. She's like early 20s and she kind of feels manipulated and I'm pretty sure that's not her titties. No, that's her. That's her? Okay. That's her. Okay. So when they, she got there, I don't think she really knew the extent of what like she was going to have to do. Okay. So when the cameras were rolling, she just started crying and she Mm, couldn't help it. And so... The producer and the cinematographer, like, cut, and they were like, you know, it's okay, like, it's fine, like, trying to calm her down. Spike was a little upset, like, what the fuck? Like, I hired you for this, like, that's what, you know, this is what we're doing. I mean, I'm sure, now that he's older and wiser, he'd be more sensitive to the idea of, you know, a young woman burying her titties Mm. to the world, but uh, because of her crying... That's why you don't see like face and titties. Mm. We just we only got what we got. Um, and after they did a little nipple play, they just moved on to other body parts, and that's why there are so many other sexual things that he does with eyes. I mean, there's more to a woman than just her titties. I agree. I yeah, because I, I think it I got, am a woman. You know, yeah. the proper amount of time. It didn't need any more attention than that. You know. I agree. All those lips, all those hips, yeah, all, all those the, honey dips. Yeah, he did on a <laughs> knee all over her body. To quote the great big time who is in this movie. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. And so, so like, just hearing that story, and it 
I don't think that she still to this day feels like it was because when you see it, it is sexual, but it's also very artistic mm-hmm. in a way. Like, you know, it was the first time that we saw something like that where it wasn't like him just getting it in. Sure. So I appreciate that. And like you said, like when you were, yeah, younger, it could have very easily been just a sex scene yeah. where he starts with the ice cubes and it moves into sex. Obviously, that was not what he was after. No, nah, he did that. not a, a single frame in which they are fucking. No, nah, because he leaves. He's like, I got to go. He leaves her all wet. <laughs> yeah, I got to go back to work. I was supposed to just drop this pizza off. I've been here about two hours rubbing ice on your titties. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, he came there. He tried to make her feel better. And then he, he took off. He did. And she's still mad. Can't please her. But I love Tina. Rosie Perez is my fave, I love Rosie Perez. I don't love Tina. Her outfits are the cutest. She's the best dancer. She never wears a bra. (laughs) Her voice is amazing. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's what I got on Miss Rosie. All right. Well, uh, we should talk about Mr. Spike Lee. A.K.A. plays Mookie in this one. Mookie. You know, this is his uh, third full-length feature, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Before this was School Days and uh, what's it called? She's Got to Have It. Is that what it is? She's Got to Have It. That's what it is. That is what go. it is. Yeah. I like the self-fulfilling prophecy that he's got going on because he, the first time we see him, he's in a Jordan jersey and then immediately does the Jordan commercial. He does. My dad has a shirt. He still has a shirt that uh-huh. has... Jordan like palming Spike Lee's head. And, like, no shit. Yeah. Uh, and he's all gangly wearing his like, you know, oh my God. 1990s Spike Lee outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking great. We've um, talked about Spike Lee. We've done Crooklyn. We did Crooklyn. Well, in this movie, he plays Mookie. And like I said earlier, there's no heroes in this movie. This is a lay it out movie. This is the reality this is 1989. This is this environment. This is how these specific people are. None of them are perfect. A lot of them are ugly in character. Um, I would say if there is a good person in this whole thing, it's the mayor. The mayor and sister, mother sister. Mother sister, sure. Spike's sister, Mookie's sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's the voice of reason, too. All right. Yeah. Hold for a second. I will hold for just a second. While you're doing your thing, I'm going to give you a fun fact. Give it to me. And that is that if you notice, he's using the same music that he uses in He Got Game. Oh, we did that, too. We did do He Got Game. I love that movie, Uh, which is why it struck a chord with me. Those symphonies... Those uh, those violins, all that. I don't know if it's the same song or the same conductor, but that music is in He Got Game. Okay. At the end is at Big State, uh, and he's shooting alone in the court. Denzel throws the basketball up in the air, and then all of a sudden it lands in the gym. Same music. So I do know that he uses... The same composer for a lot of his movies. He has a style of music, especially in the night, his late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of the, which a lot of people 
in, so, in those time periods did they would have like the jazz saxophone playing like you know lethal weapon does it a lot too it's just like a, a feeling the sound of like that decade i feel like he doesn't do that that much anymore but it probably is the same composer well the composer is bill lee oh his dad his dad his dad is a composer i think so i figured I think he did most of his movies. i think that's what it is i think it's his music which you know is smart one, it's great music. And it's I get beautiful. to pay my dad or it's free. And you get to pay way. your dad. And probably at, you know, while it is a great pay for his dad to make, probably cheaper than, say, licensing music from the Rolling Stones or some shit. Yeah. Who the hell knows how much they charge. You making another one? Hell yeah. You said you want another one. Okay, uh-huh. so we're out of the... Uh... We're out of the lime already? Shit, yeah. that was quick. So we raspberry in it. Okay, uh, now is the time. Was Mookie right? That is the question. Doctor, come on, what, what? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone. I think his anger was right. Mm-hmm. I think if what he wanted to do was anger everybody else as well. He was the catalyst. He was right. Everybody else was ready, and he lit the match. I ain't mad at him for what he did because it needed to be done. But in the process of doing that, the person who lost the most was Mookie. Like Sal's going to get insurance money. Sure. But Mookie, you out of a job. Sure. <laughs> The neighborhood, they're all going to go. But he didn't have that job for very long. How do you know that? They talk about it earlier in the movie. What do they say? They say that he kind of like goes from job to do- job and, you know, are you going to keep this one? Oh, his sister does say that. You know, for one, he's all about making that money. That being said, I don't think he should have picked up that 200 He already stood his ground. He drew the line. He's like, no, I owe you 50 bucks. You keep it. You keep it. You know what I mean? And then at the end, he picks up that $200 and he walks off with it. That, I think, it goes into my uh, 95%. Because he already stated, I owe you 50 bucks. He already stated, I make 250 a week. I'm a man. I earn my money. And then he picked up that 200 bucks. No. You should have left that 200 bucks on the ground. I think that... You should have not said shit and took that 500 and be like, whatever, Sal, bitch, I'm taking this money. Nah, because that lessens his character. Nah, because what what Mookie says, he's like, what are you going to do? I'm going to get paid. I'm going to make I'm money. I'm going to make that money. That's all he cares doesn't about. doesn't mean that it has to come from Sal, though. It doesn't. And Sal already overpaid him. And Sal throwing 500 at him, even though he knows that he only makes 250 a week, is him saying... Fuck you. I don't need you, and this money don't mean shit because you don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Either so take him, the money and don't say shit, or say your shit and leave the money. Nah, he was right in his first instinct of saying, you know what? I make 250 a week. Take this 200 bucks. I owe you 50 bucks. I don't need you. I'm a man. I stand on my own. I make my money with or without you. Definitely. And then he took that 200 bucks, which definitely lessened his character. It just made him real. Every, you Like you said, everybody's flawed. Yeah. That being said, him throwing the trash can into the window. Right thing? I don't know. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, I feel your anger and something needs to be done. Yeah. And Is Sal the villain? No. 
No, I, I, I don't believe that Sal is the villain. I think as a, I think that Sal loves the community. I think that there are some bad eggs in every community, yeah. and I think that his son is one of them. He sees that too. I think I think as a kid, I thought he was the bad guy, mm-hmm. but as an adult watching this, I feel really bad for yeah. him. He seems like he's a good guy, like you said. He cares about his community. Absolutely. When he was. And like when he was, Vino was saying shit to him about things, he's like, "I never had no trouble with these people." I sat in this one day. I watched these little kids get old, and I seen the old people get older. Yeah, sure, some of them don't like us, but most of them do. I mean, for Christ's sake, you know they grew up on my food. On my food. I'm very proud of that. You may think it's funny, but I'm very proud of that. There's kids out there that grew up on my food. I'm and she says it. And she the says girl it. says it. She I grew said, up on Sal's pizza. I'm about to go get a slice mm-hmm. right now. You know because I mean? they care. And again, it's even not about the went, money. Even when he went to the old people, the old guys on the corner, they're like, you better get out of here. The mayor was like, get out of here. He, he treats the mayor with respect. Mm-hmm. He gives him money just to sweep up. Absolutely. When he, sees he has Smiley, a sense of community. Yeah, when he sees Smiley, he's polite to yeah. him. Yeah, he tries to defuse that situation because he realizes he's stuck between a difficult situation. He's got this kid who is on the spectrum, and uh, his son is not being empathetic whatsoever. His son is a hothead. His son is a racist. His son has had a bad day, and it's hot outside, mm-hmm. but he's still his son. How do I defuse this situation mm-hmm. while not diminishing my son? Let me try to give this guy a couple bucks. He failed in that situation. He should have he should have cut it off sooner. He should have stopped his son before he went outside. Yeah. As soon as he started pounding on the glass, he should have like, been like, hey, 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 what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Leave Smiley alone. He ain't doing shit. Sal is not the villain. I, I I don't think so. And I feel bad for him because mm-hmm. he does lose. He loses his a lot. Business. And like Mookie said, he's going to get over on the insurance. He's not m- losing financially. But he's losing personally. He put his time, his years, his blood, sweat, tears, and effort into this place. Like he said, every light socket, every tile he fucking put in there himself. And it's not even that. He's losing these kids he helped raise. Absolutely. He's losing. Because even though he's going to get insurance money, he's not going to set up shop there again. No, he can't. <laughs> he can't set up, so no. he's got to go. He's got to start over, too. He's got to start in another community. Uh-huh, and build their trust mm-hmm. and loyalty and raise other children. Absolutely. Okay, so can I give you a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. I think it's, you're going to fucking love this fact. Mm. Do you want to know what happens to Mookie after this movie? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So in the movie Red Hook Summer, which mm. is another Spike Lee joint from 2012, I believe. Okay. Mr. Mookie makes an appearance. No shit. Not only does he make an appearance, but Spike Lee does a, a podcast with... Don't with say John Turturro. <laughs> the guy who plays Vino? Yeah. Yeah. No just, shit! Like, he went, he came on his, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. He came on his podcast, and he asked him what he thought happened to Mookie. And here it is. Okay. okay. So, Sal, he gets his insurance money, and he has to leave. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And he moves to Red Hook, 
because there is a Sal's, yeah, Sal's famous pizza in that movie. He hires all these different people to deliver pizza, and nobody gets it there on time. Nobody, when they get it there, it's cold, or when they get it there, the pizza's all on one side, and Mookie has his own, like, technique. This is all real. I swear to God, I'm not making any of this up. Okay. <laughs> he talks about this shit. He does. Mookie has his own way about... You know, transporting his fucking pizza, yeah. and that he's the so best. that it doesn't end up like that. Exactly. So if you want me to deliver any fast, you gotta give me a jet rocket or something, because I can't be running with pieces. The cheese ends up on one side. So since Sal couldn't find anybody, he calls Mookie up, mm. and he's like, "Look, brother, I need you. I need you to deliver my pizzas." And he's like, "You know what? I'll come back under one condition." If you put a black motherfucker on that wall. No <laughs> shit. And Sal was like, you know what? Fine. And Mookie comes back. No shit. And wow. Mookie and Tina get married but divorce. Okay. And he made money delivering pizzas and put baby Hector to college doing it. And what is this? This is another movie? There is another movie. Not all of that is in it. But Mr. Is, some of this is from the podcast. Some of it's from the podcast okay. of like his lineage of putting the picture, the black picture on the wall mm-hmm. and that people couldn't deliver pizza right because he's got his technique down. And he does show his technique in Red Hook. Like mm-hmm. he shows how he, how he does yeah. the shit. And those are questions that we got to ask also. Is it right for bugging out to demand that you put famous black people on the wall? Is it right for Radio Rahim to be upset about turning off his radio while he's in the pizzeria? Okay, bugging out. Nah, dude, it's this dude's restaurant. Plus, it's, it's a, man's restaurant. It's an it's Italian his... pizza restaurant, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't there be Italian people? It's like me going to a Mexican mess restaurant and be like, you got yeah. Cesar Chavez on the wall, it's Selena. Like, you go into a black... Uh, owned business, business, and we and got, got Martin a bunch Luther of black, King and uh, Obama prominent people on the wall. You're gonna say, Hey, how come you ain't got no Mexicans on the wall? How come you ain't got no Italians on the wall? You know, because it's my fucking business, it's my fucking wall. Now, I'm proud to be a black man, that's why I have these people on the wall. Sal is proud to be an Italian American, that's why he has these people on the wall. But also, you being in a black neighborhood would make your customers happier i would be like sal what if we put famous people from brooklyn up there that's a good in one in general so you could have like you got the tyson thing right outside and you got like uh it's run dmc from brooklyn i don't know i'm sorry new yorkers it, it, it's i know all, ll's I know. from queens he is from queens there's gotta the be the point is bugging out came at it completely wrong he's definitely in the wrong and i would try to be like sal hey can we get some people who are from brooklyn up here that'd be really cool and he hyped up uh radio rahim he did he was just looking radio Radio rahim already let it go and he conceded to turning off his radio here's the thing i also didn't do any other time i am not a fan of people playing their music loud and walking into an area that i'm into and playing their music loud. People no, who do that, it drives me nuts. And I totally understand being upset like Sal and be like, bitch, turn that off. When you're in here, it's not on because yeah. I don't want to hear your boo-boo music. Yeah. I don't At the end of the that. day, this is Sal's famous pizzeria. Sal makes the rules. Get your own fucking pizzeria. Exactly. And that's what he says. 
So I think they're both in the wrong. I feel bad because Sal definitely did not want any of that to happen. He didn't want Radio Raheem to die. No, definitely didn't. But Radio Raheem was choking the shit out of him. Like, he could have died he himself. He was. He could have died himself. That being said, these motherfucking cops. It's the cops who... If anyone is wrong, it's the cops. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody... And they were. If there's a villain in this movie, it's the cops. Yeah. Because they don't do a motherfucking thing when Homeboy gets his car all watered up. They don't give a shit. Well... They're just phoning in their uh, day. If I was them, I wouldn't give a shit about that either. That's a waste of my fucking time. I mean, it is. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, you are there to protect and serve the people this dude is a part of the community you can't make him feel like you don't give a fuck about him they were taking down one of their names <laughs> yeah mo and joe mo, mo and, and joe, joe black, black. <laughs> they're brothers you know? yes and excessive force immediately the fact that he's got his baton right here and then he's got it locked back up here and he's arching his own fucking back to lift big ass radio rahim off of his fucking feet get the fuck out of here can I, can I get real with you? Go ahead. I'm about to give you some real facts mm-hmm. here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So this character, Radio Rahim, not necessarily his character, but his demise comes from a real event, obviously. Of course. A real event that happened in 1983 and also happens in 2023. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not changing. So in 1983... There was this guy named Michael Stewart. He was a young black artist. Did you know about Michael Stewart? I've heard of him. I don't know the full story. He's a young black artist who was hanging around the people, like likes the people of like Fat Five Freddy and Keith Harrison. Mm -hmm. They're talking about him in this movie. Uh Uh-huh. And Andy Warhol and like even Madonna. Like he was hanging out with all these type of New Yorker, art scene people in like the early 80s and he was even a dancer in madonna's 1983 everybody come on dance and sing you can see him he's like in there dancing and shit and he was working as like a model like this guy was like picture yeah he was doing artwork like this dude was like he was an artist he was a uh, all-around artist and one night he was arrested for allegedly graffiti with a sharpie on a wall in a subway. I call it bullshit. And so at this time they were cracking down graffiti. And so he got arrested and they said that he like fell down the stairs and was irate and was resisting arrest and that they handcuffed him and beat him and then hogtied him and continued beating him. And, like, choked him out and continued beating him. And then finally got an ambulance to take him to the hospital. And when he arrived, he was in a coma. And I think it was, like, 13 days later, he died. And in the process of all of this, the 11 cops pretty much were... Scott fucking free. Exonerated. I'm sure. Even the ones that didn't beat and they were just watching, they were exonerated. Mm. And this just turned into a huge thing. I think it was one of the first like really big thing of the 80s to like shake up New York yeah. when it came to obsessive force by police. So people like Madonna had a benefit concert in honor of him. People started protesting in the streets. Keith Haring did a, uh, a work of art in, in honor of him. John Michael Bos- Bosalt 
he's a great artist too. Like they they all did a bunch of artwork in his honor. Even Spike Lee dedicated this movie to him. Of course, the family is sued like a libel suit and got like a one point seven. But like, what's really what? The yeah, purpose? that's not a fucking trade off. Yeah, but she. His mom was a strong black woman who continued to fight for his honor and tried to get things changed in the police force. And she did make some progress, but damn sure not enough. So, I mean, when you watch that scene, which is very hard to watch, it's just very remember hard to watch. that there are young people of all races mm. that get this. <laughs> like this happens too. Absolutely. And Ashley uh, had never seen this movie before. I showed it to her the other day. Okay. And it was very difficult for her to watch this particular scene. Yeah, especially and, when you don't you know, know it's I'm coming. I'm hearing her like, you know, and she's saying like, well, why is he fighting back? If he just goes limp, he'll be okay. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Now, like, once they got there, they were going to kill him. 1989, even now. Your life is not promised as soon as you get into an altercation. This man is fighting for his life because he knows that if he concedes, if he submits to these cops, that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean that he's going to make it home. That just means that he's at their mercy. And this is in the time of no body cams, no cell phones, no, body no cams, security no cell phones, cameras. None of that shit. None of that shit. So is he say, she said. So definitely when they got there in this movie, they were going to kill him. But mm-hmm. A month ago, here in our Lord's 2023, uh, 11 cops, practically, I don't know how many cops, but about 11 cops beat up a cuffed man and killed, and he was in a coma and was killed. We are literally repeating something that happened in 83. Mm -hmm. They killed Radio Raheem's murder. They did it again, just like Michael Stewart. Murder. Eleanor Bumpers, murder. Damn, man, it ain't safe in our fucking neighborhood. Never was, never will be. It's like 40 years ago. I don't, uh, it's just, this movie definitely was a pick that I knew that was going to be difficult, but like, this is one of the greatest movies. It is. It absolutely is. And so, um, I'm going to lighten it up real quick. Yeah. Because it's intense. All right. So all the scenes that the old men on the corners do, it's all motherfucking improv. Ha! All of it. Wait, was the name improv? I, I don't think the name is improv. Okay. Sweet Dick uh, Willie. Willie. I feel like that was... If y'all don't know who Sweet Dick Willie is, he is played by the late, great Robin Harris. I love him. <laughs> He's so we good. briefly talked about and him. And he really takes a piss on that wall. I don't know if you know. I noticed. don't know that. You, no, nah, you see the stream. <laughs> you don't Every- see the Sweet Dick. But you see the stream. Everything is is movie magic to me. <laughs> nah, not back then. <laughs> this was nah, Spike's not paying that extra money for that uh, VFX of the, the stream. The digital. Maybe nah. he's just holding a water bottle. That's practical effects right there. With a hole in it, and he's just I don't know. It, it's it's great. I love their whole scene. I love their discussion about you know black owned businesses mm-hmm. and him being like i don't care i'll spend my money right now bitch i'm about to go over there mm-hmm. like oh about the korean store owner mm-hmm. yeah absolutely like all of it and I, as he's walking across the street he's like hey don't be talking all that shit you came off a boat too motherfucker mm-hmm. coconut whatever he says 
So I, I love them. They're they. No, they're great. They're a great relief. I hate that the cops look at them. And they're like, what a waste. They're like, they're old ass niggas just sitting on the fucking corner drinking on a summer day. Right. Like leave them the fuck alone. They ain't bothering they nobody. Did the, you know, every single one of them worked a job. Had some did their kids, thing. Probably. Now is collecting a little bit of social security, whatever it is, living their life. And those are the people you should be nice to and talk to because Absolutely. they keeping an eye on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They watching the children. I mean, Demare saved the fucking baby from like getting hit by a car. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The kid lie on him. Little man lied. But the mom He's scared. He's scared of his mom. He is. But I mean, you can't lie when the whole neighborhood saw <laughs> You gotta go confess. The literally the whole neighborhood saw and saw your ass being beat. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that sucks. Come on, I'm talking to you, boy. You gonna be fine, miss. Just fine. He's not gonna lie again. Uh not to his mama. That's being that being said. Was it was his mom right for whooping his ass in front of everybody? Oh, yes, she was. She did the right thing. <laughs> she did the right thing. He he will never run in the middle of the street without looking both ways because right. he's gonna think the mayor is gonna tackle him to the ground or his mom's gonna whoop his ass. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. <laughs> he ain't ever gonna lie to her, not in public anyway. <laughs> Little man's learning life lessons left and right. Left and right. Uh, Demare's trying to pay him to go to the liquor store to and buy he's him liquor. Him. He's teaching him negotiation. Yeah, he said, how much did it cost for you to go to the store? He's literally teaching him negotiation and economics. 50 cents. All right, come on. How am I supposed to know? I don't know what you want me to buy. Boy, you're too, you're too, you're too smart for your oh, own good. good. You are, because <laughs> I would have, as a kid, I would have thought how much you're paying me to go. That would have been my issue. But I'm also the youngest child. And, you know, you had to pay me to do things. Yeah, with the curls. <laughs> yeah, so I always, you know, you had to pay me to do shit. <laughs> so I would have already knew what he was talking about. But this kid, you know, not so much. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Can we talk about uh, Samuel Jackson for a second? I have no fun facts on him. I don't got any fun facts. I just love that his, his whole vibe that he's got going on. I love his He's like, got Hawaiian his DJ shirt. booth setting up. Well, he's got his Hawaiian shirt until they spray the water on his ass. And then he immediately rips, rips that shit off, takes his hat off, puts on another hat like he's in a new situation. <laughs> he's he's like, oh, hat. you want to throw some water? I, let me get my water hat on. <laughs> Skinny ass young Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wake up. Wake, wake up, up, wake up, up wake up. Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake, up you wake. This is Mr. Senior Love Daddy, your voice of choice. And they do the same a similar shot. He's got the nose hairs and Yeah, he do like got that. the nose. I was looking hard at it. I'm, I'm so like... sorry, bro. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but it's just a close hey, cover right here. Brad, he's not, you know, he's done like a movie or two at this point. You know, yeah. And Spike didn't tell him how close he was on him. I'm sure he didn't. He probably he didn't tell you I was on an extreme close up on you. I could see up your nose. You're like, dang, why did you tell me I would have, you know, did a little cutting? <laughs> you know, who knew you gonna zoom in st- on my brain? He still fuck? works with him. He talks about it. He talks about working with Spike. You know, and Spike doesn't do things the way that normal directors do. So he'll call him up and be like, Hey, I got this new movie. You want to be in it? Uh, what's the role? You know, such and such. Yeah, I'm in. All right. We're, we're starting in uh, June. All right. I'll be there. That's it. That's all they talk about. 
You can call me like that, Spike. I'll do anything. If you just said, I need you to deliver coffee to set every day at this time, own it. <laughs> own it. There you go. Did you know that it took Spike two weeks to write this script? Really? Damn. Oh, yes. I got some work to do. And he was writing Mo Better Blues on this set. Nice. <laughs> like how you have I don't understand how people have time to he does and why is he writing like he's running out of time does he know something we don't know clearly <laughs> I want to know how you can focus on this project that is so intense and so involved because not only are you directing but you're like the main focus of this movie which is something that he doesn't use like his mm-hmm. character usually isn't the main focus sure but like he is the through line through this whole thing and you're in another brain space where you're writing a whole completely other different movie that's a whole different other field. A like not even few close people to the... know how to do that. Stallone was writing Rambo while he was working on Rocky. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think my brain could do that. I mean, I haven't tried, but my brain can do it. But I haven't come across a project that you got to have. If you're gonna write something like that, it's got to be something that grabs you and something that keeps calling to you. To the point where you, I write on my phone because something comes to me and I have to write it down before it goes away. You gotta love both things. That's the thing. That's crazy. You gotta be in love with what you're doing and what you're about to do. That's so crazy. That being said, let's. Uh, we got a lot of actors. I to know. Get through. I know. I know. So let's uh, let's talk about these people, and uh, we can start with the most hateful or hated one, Pino, Mr. John Turturro. Love John Turturro. Hate Pino. He is a straight-up racist. He is abusive to his brother. He wants out of this neighborhood. Like, I think in his mind he would love it if his dad sold this restaurant. I think he's happy about what happened because he knows that he's finally out of this neighborhood. Do you think that he really wants to be black? Do you remember the conversation that him and Spike had? Oh, yeah. I think that he is one of those white people... Like he says, he sees us different. Mm. Michael Jordan isn't black. Prince isn't black. Eddie Murphy isn't, isn't black. black. The fuck do you mean? Like O.J. Simpson, before he fucked up his whole world, said that he wasn't black. He was O.J. Like, you know, like there's in some people's minds. In other mind, words, he's trying to say that certain people can transcend their race. And that's what Fucapino is saying, is that these are the elite. These are the black excellence that we can get behind. But the rest of you niggas are trash. It's like, pretty much, if you're just a regular schmo, Joe Schmo, then you're a nigga. But if you can Which says a lot about his character in the first place. If you can moonwalk across the stage, if you can dunk... Mm -hmm. If you can make him laugh in a big-ass movie, then you are not black. I don't think he wants to be black because he doesn't care about our culture. He likes just the snippets of our culture. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll agree with that. But he did read Farrakhan's book, which, I mean... Did he? He said he did. He says he reads. He does say you read. (laughs) If I take what he said at point blank value, he's reading black culture book so maybe he is sure I, i'll give he it can't google or watch a youtube video really quick he has to get that information from somewhere yeah right but also where does he get his hate from 
Because it's not from his dad. And it's not from his brother. And it's not from his brother. And he's abusive as shit to his brother. It's from his friends. Yeah. It's, that's why he's mad. My friends yeah. laugh at me. That's what it is. Why, they he's, laugh at you because you sell pizza. The peer pressure of his, his friends. You sell pizza to people. And yeah, they're black, but they're buying your pizza. Your business is successful. He's also lazy as fuck. For decades. He is lazy as fuck. I hate people who, when they're like, hey, go sweep up I'm front. second in command. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I say shit like that too, but I'm also a person who gets shit done and I go do it. Mm-hmm. I try to pass it the off. Worst to people. kind of boss. <laughs> He's like, I know that he asked you to do it before I even got here. God damn. <laughs> and his dad has got to be frustrated, man. He is. You know. You see, how does he? I, the whole time he's thinking, like, how do I reach my son? Yeah, you know, how do I get him to understand? That's see, he's got him a young and, uh, man's perspective. He's got a young, hateful man's perspective. The scene with him and Smiley, them and Smiley, mm-hmm. and he goes outside, and Sal is just like with his head down. That's exactly what he's thinking. Like, how do I fucking deal with this before? He hurts somebody in the community that he cares about, like because he does mm-hmm. care about. I mean, I don't. I know Sal's not racist because he's sitting there hitting on Mookie's sister. Yeah, like, he he's is trying to get Absolutely all up in there. He is. Uh-huh, he's Shit. trying to dip, dip his toes in that chocolate. <laughs> he was, and she was feeling him. She was. I mean, I don't know. Can we talk about him real quick? Can we talk about Sal? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's Sal Mist- it up, Mister Danny Ayello. Also known as Phil Cantone. We've already talked about him. <laughs> he showed up in... Harlem Nights. I feel like there was another one. Lucky number 11. We haven't done that. Godfather. We only did part two. No. We, that's the one. Is he in... Tony Rosado. Oh, oh he... Wait, did we do part two? Me, me and Lenny did part two. Oh, I wasn't there. You weren't. I'm sorry. We could do part one. I like we got to do part one. Okay. Yeah, because he is there. He, I remember now, he improved his line where he says, like, uh, Muzza Grazi says hello or whatever, and he, mm-hmm. like, chokes him out. He mm-hmm. chokes him out. Yeah. And he improved and and Scorsese was like, I like it, keep it. And so, like, that was, like, one of his. You're right. Okay, we've talked about it a couple times. What else? He in. Is that it? Not Scorsese. Not, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I've been drinking. It's okay. If it's a Coppola, if it's a mobster movie, initially I'm gonna think that is Francis it's Coppola. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I know who the wine guy. <laughs> yes, y'all, he made some movies back in the day. I do remember. I've just been drinking for hours. Okay, so I give you something that most people don't know about Danny Yellow. Give it to me. First acting job, 43 years old. That's how old he was. That's how old he was. For what? What was the first? It was like a TV guest spot. It's never too late, y'all. Never too late. I told Joe that the other day. Joe's good. Joe's he actually movie. did do really good. I Way better than that, I like, thought. Joe is like the Mexican Danny DeVito, but I don't think that that's true. I think he's the Mexican Joe Pesci. You know what I mean? You said Danny He can DeVito. be funny, yeah, but he can also be dangerous. I was like, yeah, I don't see Danny DeVito, but I see Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. Or a Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, never too late. Um, but that being said, Danny Yellow, I've always enjoyed watching him on set on uh, movies. I like he's got a small spot in one of my favorite movies, Lucky Number Eleven. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is a great fucking movie. He plays Roth. He is forever Phil Cantone from Harlem Nights. Just because your name is Lady Heroin doesn't mean you got to do it. I know that's not. <laughs> I know that's not his line, but that's. <laughs> I think I'm all saying. No, he's the one that knocks out Tommy in the elevator. He does knock out Tommy. Pardon me, man. He's like, what the fuck? Are you fuck? with this gentleman? 
No, nope. I'm not. <laughs> yep, out. I do have a fun fact. Go about bet. Go for it. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? Yes, I know the Muffin Man. He lives on Drury Lane. <laughs> okay. Um, did you know that his son is in this movie? What? Who is it? Oh, I love when I get you. Okay. Who is it? You're not going to like who he is. I already know. Fuck me. He's a cop. The one that kills him. The one that the kills him. The big ass tall cop. He's been a lot of things. He's not an actor anymore. But yeah. I hated him. I hate him too. Fucking hate him. The moment you see him with that fucking mustache and that, yeah, that voice. Uh, he reprises his role in Jungle Fever. So Spike like working with him. I mean, I'm sure he's a great out. person. It's just the character. You know what I mean? We talked about this cop. earlier with like Low Down Dirty Shame. When Peaches walks up to homeboy <laughs> that plays Chad. Chad! Knocks his ass out. Who was I saying I was going to do that to? I don't remember. Oh, now I don't remember. <laughs> oh, the dude from The Walking Dead that got Noah killed. Oh, that's right. I was like, if I saw that fool in person, I'd be like, you did a great job, but fuck you. I hate you so much. How dare you? Noah was a great guy. Hey, sometimes you get close to a character, and if they get fucked over, you're mad at whoever fucked him over. Mad. <laughs> Okay, so do you want a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. You want to talk about the true star of this movie? Mm. Sal's famous pizza shop. Oh, shit. What? Well, Sal's favorite pizza shop is not real. I'm so sorry to tell oh, you that. You had me so built up I right totally now. did. I am so sorry. I'm about to break your heart. So the producers and them found an empty lot, and they built that shit. Okay. They burnt that shit down, and then they tore that shit down. So wow. you can't go see it. <laughs> you can't go get no pizza. There's no Italian people on the wall. Are they going to do a pop-up in L.A. like they did for uh, Coming to America? <gasps> McDowell's? <laughs> um, I don't know. Are they? I hope hey, so. That sexual Please. chocolate shake was fantastic. Please. I will come get this pizza. I'm totally that down. That de fries? Shit. You got it. Is there another one coming soon? I don't know. I'll check it out. Please. I like that shop. a lot. I'm, I'm sorry. I was hoping that it was a real place, too, because I was looking forward to going to eat some pizza. That'd be awesome if it was. <laughs> but it's not. Somebody but somebody should make if it. If they do a pop-up, I hope they have Italians and black people on the wall. Picture this. Spike Lee opens his own pizza shop, but he calls it Sal's Family Pizza. He opens it in Brooklyn. That man doesn't need any money. I'm not saying he's doing it for money. He's doing it for me. He's got an Oscar. He does. But that don't mean he can't use a little extra change. Sure. Okay. Passive so, income. Uh-huh. He ain't got to do nothing. Just run it and run that run that money. And he has a wall that has the Italian uh, you know walk what he of fame. Do? And then there's a black walk of fame on the other wall. Famous people that have been in his movies. Oh, there you go. Just Boom. Spike Lee wall of fame. Just his homies. Have them sign shit. Absolutely. I you like have everybody this. in there. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, can we talk about Mother Sister? Oh, oh yes, we can. Absolutely, we can. Mother Sister, played by Miss Ruby D. Ruby D. Oh my goodness, she's this woman is an artist in the truest form. In this movie, in her personal life, like you see her in this, and she just shouts, "Artist!" You know what I mean? She just 
there's something poetic about her representation. How did she get the name? I love it. I don't know. Like that's that, that's the thing. She's your mother and your sister. She's a little tender headed, but you know. But Ruby D plays mother sister. Fantastic actress. Been doing this forever, forever, I ever. Know. She's in one of my favorite old timey movies, mm-hmm. A Raisin in the Sun, bitch. Ah, with Mr. Portier. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yes, Willie. All the fuck mm-hmm. away. She is Oscar nominated mm-hmm. for American Gangster, where she plays Mama Lucas. She does. I she mean, is the second oldest Oscar nominated Oscar nominee of all time. She was 85 years old. Who's the first? Like Betty White or something? It was not Betty White. I don't know. She's like I don't my remember stable. the name of the woman, but you know. <laughs> she was out. She didn't win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but okay. she did do four movies with Mr. Portier. I mean, I would have hitched my my wagon to him as, as soon as I could. Because mm-hmm. she was beautiful. I mean, Absolutely. even even in this movie, she's Stunning. beautiful. But in her younger days, she was gorgeous. That's what I'm saying. You know, she was light-skinned. Mm-hmm. She's very, very elegant. She's not aggressive when it comes to that type of movie and, like, black women, black people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, she graduated and she learns, like, French and Italian. Like, this woman can speak yes, fluent did. languages. Like, she's a G. <laughs> Straight up. Well, it's also just her, I don't want to say her aura, but the way she presents herself. When I say she's an artist, that's the part that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way that she brings herself to. I mean, she know. is so amazing. Her <laughs> voice is so sweet. I love yeah. when she's like, he's mad at her and he just wants, he's like, you're going to be nice to me, lady, one day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We might be dead, but you're going to be nice to me. Like, yeah. just seeing them together always makes me, like, super happy. I know. And you know what? She did four movies with Portier. You know who she did more with? Ozzy. Ozzy. Her husband. Her husband. 57 years with Mr. Ozzy Davis. She did nine movies with him. She did do nine movies with him mm-hmm. between the uh, years of 1950 and 1994. And, I mean, there's a bunch of them on there, but the ones that... I remember them the most well is Roots in 1979, mm. Jungle Fever in 1991, obviously Do the Right Thing, and The Stand in 1994. Have you seen that? I have not seen The Stand. It's a TV movie, and it's based off of the Stephen King book, The Stand, which I've also read. It's a great, like, it's great. And there's a newer one that they had out a couple years ago that has, like, Whoopi, who mm-hmm. plays Ruby Dee's role. Oh, okay. And she plays the role that Ruby Dee, which is, like, the oldest woman on earth she's like old as fuck <laughs> yeah she's just this old black lady that like well if yeah. i'm not mistaken the oldest woman in the world right now is an old black lady who is it like 120 years old or what some the shit fuck? dude we're living long <laughs> i'm telling you black don't crack she still looks 35 like look at that shit <laughs> no she looks she's up there <laughs> you like she looks 85 but you know good 85 she looks a solid 95 <laughs> She's gummy. I mean, that's still good for 120. (laughs) Wow. Uh, That being said, we've talked about Mr. Davis before. He plays the mayor in this one. We talked about it before. Yeah. Grumpy old man. Oh, the first one. He plays Chuck. He does play Chuck. (laughs) Looks like Chucky's going to bury his boner. (laughs) Buries at the salami. Looks like Chucky's going to take the skim boat to Tuna Town. Tuna Town. Um, I read an interview mm. about them first meeting, like how they like became, they were both living in New York. They ended up being part of, in a play 
and they like met mm-hmm. in like the mid to late forties. Yeah. And they were like, they were married in forty eight. Uh huh. And so they were like, oh yeah, you know, you're cool. And they were just friends, and then they got hired on another show together. And this one was like traveling the country. They became friends, and then there was a movie, I believe, with Sydney Portier that was going to be made by like a black producer and she had a chance of being in it and she was like I got to go I can't finish this tour I'm out of here you should come with me he's like nah you know pretty much I'm doing this to save money and you know I'm gonna finish the tour out but you go have fun okay and so once he was done he came back to New York and he said that she was waiting for him at the train station he's like what the fuck you doing here girl and she's like look we made this movie but they're holding it and they won't let us release it. We gotta like pay all this money or whatever. And he and she's like, I need some money. And he's Aww. like, Well, like, how much money do you need? She's like, How much you got? And he, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, like three grand. And she's like, Yep, that's what I need. So she talked him out of oh, three grand. Hell no. So all the money he made on that fucking tour, he gave it to her. And she came back months later and was like so I know I'm supposed to be giving you your money, but like once we paid for it to be released, we got it. And as soon as we left, the sheriff was out and they took custody of it and held it again. So we need more money to get it out. We tried to raise money and we couldn't get it. And I can't really pay you back right now. And so he says, you know, they came to an agreement and they got married, and he said that she could leave whenever she produces that three grand. And she has never produced that three grand, so she's still there. He said, I married her for the money. I didn't marry her for the love. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, you cold, man. I oh heard that story, God. and I was like, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> Like, I'm still waiting on that three grand. She hasn't come back with that. Oh my god! And sadly, he passed in 2005, he so he never seen that three grand. He he got more than three. He grand got more worth. than three grand. He got an Oscar-nominated bad bitch. Uh huh. For 57 yeah, years. Yeah, forever. Through their ups and downs, they're so cute. They're really cute. And I've always known that they were married. Like I always. I learned that on this project. Like in the past week, I learned that they were husband and wife. Oh, I don't know everything. I know. I don't know. Since I mean, I you was can little. See the chemistry between them, which suggests. I remember you know, being little and watching this movie. Why you always mean as a man? He's he ain't doing nothing wrong. He reminds me of my ex husband. And my tenant. <laughs> and my tenant. I just remember as a kid, my, my parents being like, you know, they're really married. And I'd be like, what? But they hate each other. Mm. Like, no. And so. I wonder if they, I got to see their other movies. I want to see how they play off of each other in other movies. If they always hate each other. That'd be funny. They're always husband and wife, they, but they always hate each other. They do kind of. And I'm going to have to watch all of them. I haven't seen all of them. Do a deep dive. A deep dive. They but, won a Grammy together. For what? For best spoken word album in 2007, <laughs> after he passed. Oh, what was it? It was called In This Life Together with Ozzy and Ruby. Oh, oh is it their like biography? A spoken word album. So it was like poems? Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. 
We will definitely talk about them again. Of course. Absolutely. He's love- in one of my favorite boxing movies, Gladiator. Okay. With uh, Brian Dennehy yep. and Cuba Gooding Jr. All right, let's speed through these actors because we got a lot of them still. Let's talk about Mr. Richard Edson, the oh. younger brother, plays yep. Vito. Vito. Cole you Cole recognize Cole. him? Yes. Where do you recognize him from? Wait, I don't know. His face is very familiar. The man is 131 credits to his name. 131 credits? He's what you might call a journeyman actor. Oh, that's a way (laughs) First time I seen him, I was like, oh, shit. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. He's he's in the parking garage. With the car. Hi, you speak English? Uh, what country do you think this is? That's true. <laughs> He's part of the, the dudes with the car. He's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's in Howard the Duck. He's in Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. He's in Good Morning, Morning Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh-huh. Okay. And one of my favorite movies that he's been in, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Get the hate. fuck out of here. I'm serious. <laughs> Get the fuck! He's one of the uh, the cousins. No, I know. I'm laughing <laughs> that that's one of your favorite movies of all time. Well, what are the ones that he's in? Oh, okay. I was like, bitch. I love that shit. I'm not saying I don't love it. You I- got Bob Costas and John Leguizamo. I'm in. But I just wanted to, you know, give him a shine a little light on Mr. Richard Edson because he's a hell of an actor. I he's think he's been doing sucks. it for years. He's great. I hate that he is. This character. Yes. You know. He's not a bad person. Vito is down. He's down. He's, he takes after his father. He is. He's, he likes the the community. He, you know, knows the people. Mm -hmm. He sees what Mookie does and he like, you know, appreciates him and likes him and always has his back. He straight up says, Mookie listens to me. You don't. You don't. You know, his older brother is being abusive. Yeah. Even to his younger brother. Okay, can you just tell me, maybe it's just me because I'm just me, but did their, like, wrestling, like, fighting scene in the back have, feel some sort of sexual? Vito, I want you to listen to me. I'm your brother. Let me smack you around every once in a while, but I'm, I'm still your, your brother, man. So what, people? So fucking what? Yes! <laughs> okay! Okay. No, that shit was weird. Okay. It was, there was some sexuality okay. to it. It's probably repressed sexual anger from the older brother. Like, okay, we watch these movies all the time, but when you watch it for the podcast and we're actually like looking at things and analyzing things, you look at these movies a lot different than like, Absolutely. I feel like I normally do. And I feel like that scene always made me feel uncomfortable, but like breeze by me, but like watching it. Not this the week, way that John Chaturro played that character. He's closet gay. It definitely feel, I, I mean, I felt like he has definitely, which could be why he's so angry. Assaulted his brother in the past Absolutely. when they were kids. Absolutely. That's what it gave me. It mm-hmm. gave me that he has wrestled his brother to the ground and has fondled him in some sort of way. Yeah. Inappropriately. Uh, no, I'll agree But with that. also, I mean, not that being gay and that goes hand in hand, but you might be right about why he is so angry is because he can't be, if himself. he is gay, he can't be himself. Yeah. But it definitely had some sexual tension in There's there. It was so weird. Definitely some sexual it's tension. So weird. In there. I was like, yeah, it's very. It felt weird. It, but it did. You're not wrong. You know, I noticed it too. And I'm I, like, I truly appreciate okay. that you f- didn't. No, be like, I saw it. Too. I have no clue what I you're ha- talking about. I absolutely saw it too. But instantly, I felt like 
he has done this and has sexually assaulted his brother before, and that's why his mm-hmm. brother is so submissive to his abuse. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Spike, is that what happened? Could Are we? Be. Did we crack the code? Hey, shit happens all the time, <sighs> all the time within families, outside of families, with visiting relatives, with visiting friends. Like shit is rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, for young boys and young girls. Yeah, didn't like the closet wrestling fighting. <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're going to get to uh, <laughs> Mr. Giancarlo Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito. Wow, you you going to do the whole ass the name. The whole government name, <laughs> a.k.a. bugging out. How come they ain't no brothers on this wall? <laughs> Can I give you a fun fact? It's like the funniest one to me. The correct term is excuse me. I ain't gonna step on his, on his, <laughs> on his kicks, you know. He was so mad. He was in there brushing it. Dude, the, he was mad. He's like, man, those are. He's a hot This he dude is. is a hot head. He says to himself, "Yeah, I'm a troublemaker." Yeah, he is a troublemaker. No, a shit kicker. Absolutely. Give me that fun fact. Okay, he is black. Okay. And Italian. Is he really? He is. And his last name is Esposito. Yeah. Okay. You just got to say Esposito. Yeah, because his dad's an Italian, yeah, and his mom is black. And so it's funny And he for plays him. Hispanic every now and then. He does. Feeds fucking Gus until the day I die. Dude. <laughs> like, Gus, if y'all man. don't know who Giancarlo Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito is, go watch a little-known TV show I like to call Breaking Bad. Uh, yes, it is. Shit. His character is one of my favorites. Through the entire series. Go watch another show on Netflix called The Get Down. He also is my favorite Shit. in that series. <laughs> like, Dude, yeah. he's bad. He, he is so blessed to be able to play a range of different types Absolutely. of Absolutely. He's been cultures. in everything. Yes. You see him, you know him, you love him immediately. He's Gus, bitch. He's Gus. <laughs> his, yeah, that's one of his biggest roles for sure. And you hardly recognize him as bugging out versus Gus because it's been so many years. And he's got a proper, like, older gentleman's haircut in Breaking Bad. I feel like because I grew up constantly, I mean, like, he's in school days, too. Yeah, he's in school days. He he has movies, like, almost every year, I feel like he has. He plays the military dad in Revolution. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I watched him get older. So when he showed Mm, up as Gus, when he showed up at Gus, I remember thinking, what the fuck is he? (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you told me because I always thought that he was New Yorican. Now, man, he's black and Italian, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Or he could have been Dominican. I don't know. But uh, yeah. black and Italian it is. It, it is. What we know is that he's bad. Bad motherfucker. Boy's bad. Fantastic actor. Love him. Especially how fast he speaks. In this movie. In this movie. Yeah. Like, it, you can tell from a very young age he's got to be what like 23 24 max in this movie and he's speaking very fast and he everything that he says has a purpose he's taking those turns when he is speaking about something which is very difficult to do as an actor killing it Mm -hmm. so i got a fun fact for you unless you have more about no 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 okay i'm getting ready to move on all right. To a man we've talked about a couple of times. A couple you, times. Do you know who Spike Lee had in mind for Pino? No. Who? Matt Dillon. Really? And I kind of see it. I, I love him. I can see it. This is like a couple years after Outsiders. Okay. So to picture like what he would look like. I personally don't think I want to see him 
being racist. I like Matt Dillon. I like Matt Dillon. I mean, I like John Turturro. I like John Turturro too. Don't get that's fucking Jesus, man. We talked about it. it's Jesus. Yes, it is. <laughs> Go check our very first episode. Episode one, motherfuckers. Episode one. We talk about him over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you motherfuckers. <laughs> You motherfuckers, motherfuckers. But go fix you a white Russian and watch episode one. Uh, also, another person who was up for a role was James Earl Jones was up for the mayor. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? He was up for Mookie. Like, <laughs> like some rando, right? <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, no. I could see David Townsend, maybe. Maybe. But... <laughs> I don't know. James Earl Jones as the mayor. That's I could see that. I love that it's Ozzy, though. Me too. You know? Was anybody up for Radio Raheem? Because that's the next person I want to talk about. Wesley Snipes? Really? I don't know who else he would be. Nah, because Radio Raheem is big. But that's just because of... I don't know if that has to be a factor in his character. I think it is because of the presence that he brings and why he's all, he is never turning off his radio. Well, you know, he's an intimidating figure. I don't know. It said Wesley Snipe was up for a role, but he turned it down to do Major League. Okay. Which yeah. I love that I, movie. I, when I, I saw love that, that, fact, that movie. I was like, oh, Jason would be like, well, I'm glad you did Major League. Willie Mays Hayes here. How you doing? Hi, uh, How you doing? Uh, he shook everybody's fucking ass. What you going to win? I don't know exactly what part he was going up for, but okay. that's kind of what I would. He's going up for C. <laughs> I don't I mean, uh, I'm kidding. You know who plays C? Yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. This was his first feature debut. Yeah. But I mean, like, he would need... I couldn't see him do that either. I sure. don't know. We're don't not going to talk about Martin on this because, you know, it's Martin. And go see our life episode. Martin. You want to know about Martin Lawrence. Bill Nunn. We've talked about him before. We'll talk about him again. He plays Radio Raheem. We talked about him in New Jack City. He go. plays Dada Man in New Jack City. Mm-hmm. Shit. He plays uh, Eddie in Sister Act. Oh, the yes. Detective. He, he saves her, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the train conductor in Money Train. Oh, shit. So we talked briefly about him. That's right. Absolutely. He, at the end. Yep, yep, yep. He plays Uncle Bubba in He Got Game. Shit, we have talked, We've about, talked him. about him. He's my dude. I forget every time. Well, that's like two Spike Lee joints. Two, yeah. Two Spike Lee joints, a Wesley Snipe joint. The train is coming down. What was the, well, the, what was the first one? Sister Act. And a Whoopi joint. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Dude, Bill Nunn is bad. We love him. And he plays a very difficult role in this movie. He doesn't have many words, many no. lines in in this movie, but he the ones he do have are, are powerful. Are powerful each time, or they make me angry. Yeah, absolutely. Him yelling at the store clerks about the fucking batteries drives me nuts. I want to punch him in the fucking face. Be mm-hmm. kind to these people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are going nowhere. Yeah, I do feel bad for them at the end when they're like everyone starts turning to his. Everybody store. turns on the Korean market. He's like, dude, yeah. I'm black. He's like, you're not black. He's like, yeah. hey, we the same motherfucker. Like, we all here, we out here trying. Exactly. Yeah, fuck that and white like, man. He doesn't have the uh, <laughs> literacy to express what he's trying to say, but you get what he's trying to say. You know, the point that he's trying to make is I'm in the same fucking boat as you guys are. I'm mm-hmm. broke as shit. Mm-hmm. I opened up a 
business in this neighborhood because I can't afford to open up a business anywhere else. Like, I'm struggling just like you are. I got nothing against anybody. I I got a wife and a baby. What color you are? I'm just trying to run a business and support my family. Chasing after the cops like everybody else. Yeah, like he's one of the last ones that likes is pounding on the trunk of the car. He was. He was shocked. He was up. You see him in the back. He's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy's a dick, and he like yells at me and my wife about batteries, but he don't deserve to be choked out. No. And I'll tell you something. The actor that plays that part, uh, what's his name? Steve Park, has been working ever since. I do feel like I've seen him. Yeah. He's been in 78 different movies. Fargo, yeah. Absolutely. Doing his Falling thing. down, I yeah. I love that movie. Okay. Yeah, but that, you know, goes to show you, you know, chances are Steve Park probably speaks as eloquently as I do. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But he had to start somewhere. So would you say that he is a journeyman actor? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Steve Absolutely. Park, killing it. Can I give you a fun fact about their scene? Mm. Okay, so the battery the scene. Liquor <laughs> so D, when, motherfucker, D. D. So when Radio Rahim goes into the store and he asks for the batteries, he asks him what the fucking date is on the batteries. Uh-huh. And the guy says that it's March. The March! He's like, what, ma- matcha? What's the matcha? The matcha. Matcha. What are you talking about, matcha? 1991. Oh, March. It's March, motherfucker. March. Oh, March? 91. 91. Well, in March of 91, do you know what happened? Jordan faced uh, the Lakers. Probably. In the NBA Finals. Well, you know what else happened? Huh. New Jack City came out. Oh, shit. And who the fuck was in New Jack City? Da 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 man. Da 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 Yes. So... I think that is hilarious. He didn't know where the fuck he's going to be mm-hmm. in. I like you, man. Just give me the D batteries. 20 of them. 20 of these heavy ass, <laughs> non, like, disposable batteries. Dude. Okay, we got a couple people we still got to talk about. One of them being Joy Lee. She plays Jade. Yeah. AKA Spike Lee's real, real life ass sister. sister. Which makes a whole lot of sense because... They look identical, bitch. You don't see it? One, they look identical, but two, their relationship. Only your real brother's gonna lay on top of you and be a little asshole first thing in the morning. They played that off way too well to not be real-life brother and sister. I mean, if anybody in in our brother and sister that would do that is me, I would be the spike to fucking wake your ass up. It's true. <laughs> They are very, you can feel their, their fun. But if I did that to you, it would be the same scene played out with different words. It would, because I wouldn't be happy at all. No. <laughs> Especially in the middle of hot ass summer. Get your body off me. Because there's no AC. We got AC, but we don't have central AC in this house. It's an old house. Oh. And so, it's hot. Sometimes. I didn't even make the physical connection. I just saw that they had, she had been in six of his movies. I was like, shit. She's been, oh, it's his sister. Okay. That makes perfect sense. She's the, the me to you. Mm-hmm. I better be in at least six. I Seven. Bet. I need to beat her. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
But yeah, I think she does a great job. She does a fantastic job. Their She's the moral she, compass of the movie. She is. Her, I, I like her flirting with Sal a little bit. It's very sweet. It's very endearing. She's like, I'm The way that he's talking to her. Yeah, because she, she ain't like these other fucking hooligans coming in here. Not at all. Yeah, she classy bitch. She is. Yeah, I like it very much. He tried she, to dip into her chocolate, man. He definitely was. That's why Mookie was like, look, bro. She may not see it, but he saw it. I definitely saw it. I saw it. And if I was uh, her, I would have saw it. special. I think she saw Don't it. Don't you worry about it. You know damn well he didn't charge her. He didn't. I think she saw it, but she just don't want to admit it because she yeah. don't want Mookie to be mad. Yeah, you're not going to fuck up my free food. She tried to get her free soda and her free food slice of pizza on mm-hmm. from some Furby old man who wants to get in, in her pants. Mm-hmm. He ain't hurting, hurting nothing. Plus, you my brother. You right here. I ain't worried. <laughs> Dude, times are rough. Don't fuck up my... I get free pizza every gravy day. Gravy train? <laughs> Shit. It's 1989. With her cute little hat. She's Sun really hat. cute. Aww, She's really cute. Her. She's still working. Doing her thing. She, she just she... did a guest spot on uh, Harlem with uh, uh, super fine, always classy Miss Megan Good. Okay. My goodness. Okay. Well, the last person on my list, Roger Smith. I don't know how to pronounce his last name or his middle name right now because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little fucked up. Okay. Roger. Jean-Vierre. Ooh, that was actually pretty good. Roger Jean-Vierre Smith, a.k.a. Smiley. And before anybody hates on him for playing a man on the spectrum, this is 1989, and there was no typecasting. Like, you could play this and win an Oscar, honestly. Shit. Okay. Uh, This character was not meant to even be in his fucking movie. Did you know that? No shit. Smiley's not even, like, wasn't in the original script. Roger just kind of came up and was like, I want to be in your movie, dog. No shit. And, you know, he's been working... So he was a pest, and then he's a pest in the movie. Yeah. Because he's constantly hitting up Mookie's character. Smiley, not now. I told you, after work, when I get paid. Yeah. He, he, you can see, I I do like when he's like walking off with Vito or where, um, Mm. Vino, and he's like, get out of here, Smiley, like, go. Like, Mm -hmm. and Smiley's just like, oh, okay. And like, walks off. Like, it's, I love it. Like, he, he knows the difference. He may, be autistic but he knows the difference between when he's crossed the line and when somebody else crosses the line you know yeah, he knows he that mookie has got love for him he does he knows he's that he's just $2. like pressing him too hard versus Vito, who is straight up being an asshole and that's why his response is fuck you you know it is sweet where he's just like <laughs> the other one he's like how about this one he's like no the other one smiley the other one it's all the same picture just with like a little different different uh little borders designs yeah on them. <laughs> yeah that one that one tonight i'll buy it how much two dollars okay come after i get paid <laughs> there you go that's cool that and his the- character wasn't meant to be in this film and he did kind of bug his way in, but absolutely. And he's got one of the most symbolic scenes in at the, the whole end, movie. Yeah, at the end, like I he love it. Straight up puts. He's two like, we did prominent it. Prominent black people on the wall. We did it. Absolutely. He, and the smile that he gives with the flames yeah. burning behind him. Oh my god. And just think that all of that was written and added like on set. Mm-hmm. All of his extra, I feel like they kind of had him around. It was like, oh, we'll just throw Smiley in the back of the scene, have him walk through real quick. 
he gave you know us a way to look at Pino and see that he's a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, we sh- a way to look at Mookie and see that like he does care for these people, but like sometimes not right now. You know, mm-hmm. it shows that like even though the whole neighborhood like kind of looks out for him or like don't give a shit about him when the shit hit the fan and everybody was fi- fighting in that pizzeria mm-hmm. smiley was in there getting getting Absolutely it in he, he was, was in there. with his little marker mm-hmm. he was getting it in he was trying his best <laughs> you couldn't say he wasn't there to help no, them out and that's a testament to how good of an actor he was destined to be he's great you know he was fighting tooth and nail for this role and the contrast is when he's in his other Spike Lee movie, He Got Game, he's smooth talking, he he's confident, big time, fucking got his money, yeah. got his shit. He don't need nothing yeah. from nobody. nobody. But as an actor, if you got one of those directors and then you're working on this filmmaker over here and you're working on this filmmaker over here, every year you might have somebody who's got you. You know what I mean? But you got to not- be your own business as an actor nowadays. It's not even just uh, getting the work. It's the quality of the work. Absolutely. And he put in damn good quality in his this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's been in other stuff before this, but he did a damn good job in this one. I'm out. I'm out. It's a long episode. Good-ass drink. I knew Shit. it was going to be I did the long. right thing. And we talked about all these actors. We did. I got one fun fact left, I'm pretty sure. All right, lay it on me. We killed him. Oh, I knew this was going to be a long one. This cast is just... Dude, it's a giant cast. As soon as I picked it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking three-hour cast. A three-hour podcast. A three-hour podcast. Okay, (laughs) so Spike Lee, just making this movie was like hard. Sure. So when he made this movie... He's a young man at this time. What is he, like 25 maybe? Yeah. 26? When he made this movie and he gave him the finished product... His studio was like, I like it, but like maybe you should like change the ending Mm-mm. to where at the end, Mookie and Sal he asks for the money and they reconcile and they hug so that like we go off with like a go fuck yourself. That's what Spike said. He said, oh, This is no Steven Spielberg happy ending ass like fucking shit. This ain't what this is supposed to be. Fuck you. I'm not changing it. And one of the studio execs had his back and was like, no, I see this. Like, I see this. This is good. Mm -hmm. And, like, this guy was already under a lot of pressure because he had, oh, I can't remember now. Like, the the movie he made, like, produced the year before was so outrageous that he's been having bodyguards because people were, like, threatening his family and stuff. So when it came to the time to do do the right thing, Spike... (laughs) The studio, of course, thinks that they need to change the date of the movie, you know, not do it during the summertime because they don't want black people out there rioting after they see the movie because we can't control ourselves. You know, we're just animals. So Spike really didn't want to change the date, but he told the exec, like, look, I understand you going through a lot right now and just you fighting for my movie to be made is enough like so we got to push it back a couple months it's fine but like i think it should come out in july and the producer's like nah bitch that's what i said that's what's gonna happen and so luckily july 21st it came out 
It got a lot of criticism, obviously. Hey, babe, this movie came out on our anniversary, but like 20 years before. <laughs> I mean, this movie is so cool that it is what Barack and Michelle went on their first date to see. No or shit. Or do the right thing. Wow. Um, it was either this or Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. But Barack Obama says that, you know, they probably wouldn't be together if they saw Driving Miss Daisy. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so after the movie came out, several critics said that this movie would invoke anger for black people and cause riots in our black populations. And if this were to happen and blood would run in the streets, then that blood is on Spike's hand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a stretch. So Spike Lee was like, well, if white people can contain themselves after watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and him killing people and all that shit, Black people will be fine. Like, <laughs> you tripping to think that we watch a movie that it angers us so much that we are going to put all of our lives, our hard work, our family in jeopardy because we're following something that a movie said. Like, what do you think we are? <laughs> but Spike definitely put the critics in their place. And, you know, he, Good. he fought what? all of them and be like, bitch, you think that dumb of us that we can't even fucking watch a movie and go out of there. Like, I don't leave watching this movie and feel like I need to go burn down some store. I go out of here thinking like, shit, shit has not changed since 89. We need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. We need to, more people need to see this movie. More people need to care. Absolutely. And this movie you is You need to on, still be aware. You need to still protect yourself. Yeah. And this movie is on so many lists of like... 100, 450 movies, whatever you should see before you die. It's on mm -hmm. so many lists. Absolutely. You should definitely see it before you die. And that's <laughs> it, bitch. And Zenobia is out. Oh, I almost forgot something. Are something you... uh, self-fulfilling about the fact that he's wearing a Jordan jersey uh, in the like, beginning. Oh, I was like, you guys more of... surprises? No, nah, but you know that uh, when Spike was making Malcolm X, that he ran out of money. Uh, the studio didn't want to give him no more money. And so he's like, all right, fuck you. I'll raise the money myself. And he started calling people. And he played Jordan by telling Jordan that Magic already donated. And Magic donated so much money. But Magic didn't donate no money. No, no, no. Magic donated money. But he said he donated more than he really did. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. Because Jordan is hyper-competitive. So he's like, oh, no, fuck that. You know, Magic donates this much. I got to donate this much. He's like, yo, you know, Magic really feels for this. He gave me about $1.5 million. Exactly. He's like, what? Oh. Bitch, I'll give you two. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And because of that, he got money from these donors and the next fucking day the studio had his money so he had double the money no no, no. he had enough to finish the fucking movie like the donors helped out but the fact is that the studio couldn't let people know that they weren't giving money to the movie He's like, look, you know what I mean? I had to go they were expecting the movie to the just fizzle people. out and not get completed. He's like, Magic, Jordan, Oprah, went to them all. I was like, give me some money, bitch, so I can tell exactly. our story. Exactly. And the studio's like, oh, shit, we look bad. Exactly. <laughs> he made the studio look bad. That's when they put up the money. 
motherfuckers. That's all I got. You could have just pretended like Jordan. I talked to Jordan last night. He's but about to give me two mail. Jordan, Jordan gave up the money because he's hyper competitive. <laughs> oh my god! It's time for Z, Z for the people. people. Yes, yes sir. Uh, okay. So in order of our fearless leader of this movie, Spike Lee, we are <laughs> going to talk about the Gordon Parks Foundation. Okay. Do you know who Gordon Parks is? No, but I heard major pain in my head when you talked about that. <laughs> what about all them little people to do big things? Gordon Parks. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. The serious shit. Okay. I serious. Okay. Gordon Parks, you should know who he is. You do know his work. He is a famous photographer, uh, filmmaker, uh, writer, producer, all the shits. If you've seen like uh, everyday life, gorgeous portrait of black life from the 20th century, uh, from like the early 50s to 70s, 80s, then you definitely have seen some of his work. If you've seen... Shaft, you've seen his work. He's the director of Shaft. Okay. He's one of the first black producers, and he was a big advocate into bringing the arts to his community and helping black artists grow in all of their forms. So the Gordon Parks Foundation was founded, I believe, in 2006, and one of their founders is Mr. Spike Lee. Uh, and so this foundation is basically made so that artists have an available public space for their exhibits, their books, and their electric media and support um, all types of artists and their education. And they have scholarships and this thing. They have uh, buildings where people can have art exhibits or art galleries, all that shit, just to get people to see their work. They also help to sell their work so that they can funnel the money back into the foundation, into the community, and into the artist's pockets. So I definitely think that you guys should look into this. I also think that you should look into Gordon Parks himself. He's an amazing artist. His photos are gorgeous, timeless, classics. And he is one of the first out there to be the Tyler Perry, Mm. you know? Minus having his own studio, he was out there. I just got his own studio. It's just you know. No, I'm talking like, about Gordon didn't have his own studio. Oh, I'm saying he probably got a photography studio, studio rather yeah. than a cinematography right, studio. Right, right. So you know, if you are interested in this, so support or donate your time, donate your money, go to GordonParksFoundation.org. Look that shit up. Yeah, it looks like one of his pictures. Oh wow. It's a pretty cool foundation. I feel like I might have talked about it before. I can't remember. So Not that I remember. But I thought that was a very cool one. That was a good one. one. Yeah. I like that. And that is Z, Z for the people. people. Yes, sir. See, I just closed my eyes and I know when you're going to stop and when you're going to start. I'm going to mix it. I'm going to put a remix in there. And you, I'm going to fuck all your shit up. Era, era. <laughs> I'm going to be like Z, Z. For the people, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm drunk. Let's do this. Let's go. Shit. All right, people. We're drunk. That's our episode. We're going to give you a little sneak peek in the next episode. 
We're coming into March. We're coming into March. And what is March? March is what do we call it? Uh, March March My Way. Something like that. It's March My Way. March uh, My Way Women. We're going women. to talk about these prominent women that did things their way. And we're doing our way. It's our way. Making our dreams come true. We're not doing that. We're not. I was but I like. <laughs> but I, I had to do it. Uh, I was thinking of Usher's My Way, but you know. My, I know. I went she white with it. Huh? My way. <laughs> I do want to say my thank you for listening, to everybody. Please follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. I'm posting some good shit out he there. Yes, yes, and you'll get a, a nice video of me making our cocktails. Absolutely. Uh. If you have any cocktail recipes you want us to try, if you have any movies you want us to talk about, if you just want to tell us about one of your Hollywood close encounters, any of that shit, please email us at lights, camera, cocktail, no, no S. S. Get the S out of here. Get at, that S out of there. At a gmail.com. <laughs> uh, watch us on YouTube. All right. So next <laughs> week is women's, women, march, march in the women's way. Yeah. Marching my way. <laughs> Whatever I I can't remember I'm drunk as shit I can't right remember now. I'm gonna so, stumble through this hold on, hold on hold on let me let me get into character oh. we'll change this up real quick all right you ready let's go oh oh this might be what what do you think of this yeah well I mean you know me give me a full ballerina skirt and a hint of saloon and I'm in mm. but but do you think it's too much like like the La Croix of July. Mm. I thought that, but no, not with the right accessories. It should work. Okay, where's the belt for this dress? Why is no one ready? <laughs> <laughs> Why is no one ready? ready? <laughs> Can't wait for next week, dude. If y'all don't know that movie, I recommend that you ask somebody because it's a hell of a movie. And I'm going to dress up next week. Are you going to dress up next week? Well, I kind of have to. What am I going to look like a bum sitting next to you looking nope, all I'm fucking fly? Look fly as shit next week. I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> all right, y'all. That is our episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Yes. It's been a long one. We had a lot of very fantastic actors and a great Ugh. movie to get through. So we appreciate you hanging out with us and getting drunk with us. I hope you make one of these things because it was really damn good. It was good. It was way simpler than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And that rye whiskey. Mm. How did you feel with it? Like the strawberry? I like the lime better. I like the lime better. I was going to say, but you know, I didn't realize that, you know, the box that I bought only had two lime popsicles in it. Cheap asses. (laughs) I went to Bonds too. (laughs) All right, y'all. We're out. We will see you next time on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Fight the power. (laughs) We got to fight the power with that beat. Oh, my Fight my aching back shit. Dang, old man. Hold on, let me get my radio. I can't live without my radio. Let me get my bat. I'm about to smush the shit out of this.